0: 67 we will discuss that all today on the movie ladder podcast where we are all about cinematic connections each week we discuss a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast my name is zach brooks and i am rejoined here today
1: by avstodensky back here on easter sunday
0: and yes. Brendan Fitzpatrick,
2: he is yes. risen.
0: A happy Easter to
1: everybody out <laughs> happy there. Happy Easter. Yeah.
0: I thought, I was thinking about it. I was like, you know what? The best way to celebrate a happy Easter would be like a double IPA before noon.
1: Yeah. Right? Well, not, a, not on <laughs> Passover. <unfortunately>. Yeah. <laughs> I,
0: not. Yeah. I also thought about, uh, pouring myself a glass of rye whiskey after, uh, Mark Ruffalo's character wanted oh a rye whiskey. Yeah. I Googled whiskey kosher for Passover and the answer is, like, yeah. Nope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Cause it's much. a blend, right? yeah that's yeah, yeah.
1: the yeah the, yeah anything the, with uh what is it east i guess is it yeah. all that sort of stuff um yeah i've been i've been living mostly on wine the last few days and you know wine is delicious so no yeah. complaints here
2: as long as it's not a red blend you're good
0: red blends are fine Except um yeah. the blending part that's the problem brendan
1: yeah uh, I, I thought drink- it was like the mixing
0: of the well
1: whatever i drink mostly cabernet <laughs> okay
0: Um, I like blends because I don't know enough about wine. So I figure out like a blend is nice because it lets somebody who knows more about wine.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I go uh, about once a year, I go to this thing called the, the kosher food and wine experience in uh, Chelsea piers in Manhattan. And they have like all of like the major kosher brands of wine. There's like hundreds of, of wineries there promoting their wine. And Mm -hmm. they, you know, at all these like wine tasting, they give you like that little cup and they go. And every time they, they wash out your cup in between. And I'm always like, just, there was red wine in before, just put more red wine in. Right.
0: <laughs> but like, I always feel like I
1: can't say that because I'm then basically right. calling into question the premise of this entire event, basically right. arguing that like all red wine tastes exactly the same to me. But Yeah. You but, would think uh, we'd yeah. be
0: talking about sideways today based yeah. on the way oh, not drinking yeah. any fucking
1: Marlowe. Yeah, yeah, maybe that'll be the connection.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. yes, uh, welcome everybody to the Movie Ladder Podcast. We're a little early this week due to all of the holidays going around, uh, but we are glad to have off back. Thank you to my brother Aaron for... Hopping in last week when we talked about The Brothers Bloom. And this week, due to a connection that Mark Ruffalo is a main character in both movies, we'll be talking about Shutter Island, the 2010 Martin Scorsese psychological thriller starring Leonardo DiCaprio. Then at the end of the podcast, we will go through all the different suggestions and connections from you, the listeners, and us, your hosts, based off of Shutter Island to decide on what movie we'll be talking about next week. Is really going to be like 10 days from now, probably. So, uh, once we get into our Shutter Island review, we will be spoiling that movie. Uh, so, we definitely recommend that you pause and uh, do not listen ahead if you've not seen the movie. Uh, we will put the timestamp for when the movie ladder connection discussion begins, but you can watch Shutter Island on HBO and possibly a couple other places too. So, uh, definitely. Yeah. Pause this podcast. Go spend two hours watching Shutter Island. Come back to listen to us break it all down.
1: And it's it, even though it's always the case, and anyone who listens to the podcast should know that by now. I think it's worth stressing with this movie in particular that we'll be spoiling right from the top. So oh, yeah, if you we're want to see the shit out of this, uh, yeah, if you want to yeah. see this movie unspoiled, which is ideally the way to see this movie, then definitely listen no further before you see it
0: uh i want to put a pin in the idea of spoilers and uh once we start talking about this movie i have one question about spoilers that i want to talk about but Absolutely. i want to wait until we get to the movie itself all right uh so uh, as always you can submit your feedback your ratings your comments and the next picture suggestions to us on twitter at ladder movie you also can email us in the movie ladder at gmail.com and we are on letterboxd uh, also under the at ladder movie is the handle the movie ladder podcast is on there um we do have on our letterboxed page, if you click through, you'll notice our watch list is ever growing. That is because with our watch list, every time that we have listener and host suggestions, we add those to the watch list. And the only way that they are removed is when we cover a movie. So every week, that watch list grows by like 20 movies and uh, yeah. gets one removed from it. We're like at 197 right now, I believe. Yeah, so Which we'll will never get... yeah (laughs) there's no way that we'll ever get past uh, our full watch list but if you're looking for something to watch during this quarantine time that watch list is a great spot where you can see all kinds of movies that have some sort of connection to movies we've talked about Uh, letterboxd also makes it really easy to see where they're streaming when you click on the movie
2: absolutely and you can watch it and then write into us about why we should have covered it or should cover it next if you figure out a way that it connects
0: to what we're talking about so so i and i uh we update that that watch list every time we post a new podcast Mm -hmm. so they're actually in i guess reverse chronological order because the most recent movie we talked about will be at the top so if you scroll all the way to the beginning of the watch list you'll see stuff from our very first episode that we talked about so just a nice little repository I don't know. Brennan, what do you think? Do you think that watch list is growing too big? Should we do something with it? I think it's growing a little too big. I think we should figure out a way to
2: have a week where we only are allowed to suggest movies that connect that are from our watch list that have already been suggested in the past and pick a movie based off of that just to get a couple of things out of there.
0: Well, we would only get one thing out of there.
2: That's true. (laughs) We would only get one thing out of there, but at least could... Make it a little more fun, rather than continuing to add stuff that has, isn't in there yet.
0: You know. Yeah. What do you think? Do you want to do Reconnection Week, where we only pick connections that are based on things already on the watch list? I'm open
1: to that, especially since we have so many movies that, like, I'm sure if we, you know, mm-hmm. rummage through that list, we'll be able to find things. You know, especially coming off like a week like this, where you know, right. not saying we should do next, next week, but like with a certain movie, like, with that has like Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese, you know ben kingsley like good connections to jump off it'll be easier than you know when we did mike magic mike maybe
0: yeah that's true and Uh, maybe maybe it has to be the right movie maybe we would have to figure out what the right movie is that doesn't have a lot of natural connections maybe um or a lot of exciting connections i don't know
2: Yeah, yeah the other the other idea i had is that maybe one week we pick each pick two movies off of that list and we talk about it at the top in our what we've been watching and then they're off the list until somebody suggests not one of us suggests them you know what i mean they're so we do kind of
0: mini reviews of those movies yeah exactly
2: and they're all so therefore they're off the watch list for a little while until until somebody else suggests them that's not us you know what i mean
0: i like that yeah. idea doing mini reviews yeah just to, um, we have to commit of, to to doing that um, well i
2: mean it would be like in our what we've been watching spot yeah you know? yeah yeah that can work. Yeah, yeah definitely I think definitely
0: Um all right. Well, let's see how we feel at the end of this podcast. Maybe we do it for next week, or we yeah. hold on to that idea. Um, the idea I had was that we do. Uh, and those of you who are Doughboys Bo- fans know that they do mm. the Doughboys double if you're a Patreon subscriber. Um, and we are not no, launching like a double. Patreon, but you know, maybe one week we do like a. Bonus Although we podcast. could, if the
1: price is right, you know, we're right. we're, we're, we're we're open to <laughs> being given money. So yeah, some yeah, of, of us course.
0: some of us lost a job in the last month. <laughs> Somebody give me money,
1: yeah, and it wasn't uh, me.
0: And, and but like if we do, <laughs> if we do like the, the movie ladder double where one week we do a bonus podcast and the bonus podcast has no ladder connection. It is just a discussion of like one movie on that watch list.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and, you know, either all three of us could do it or, you know, if depending on how schedules work, maybe we bring a guest on for it and mm-hmm. um, maybe the person who suggested it. Can and I was awesome. thinking the best way to pick that would be we, you know, each movie on the, la- on the watch list is, has a number associated with it. And so we do a random number generator, one to 197, and whatever it lands on, that is the movie that we are uh, watching and talking about.
1: Yeah, and, yeah, and you know, I've, I've brought up the idea in the past of, like, figuring out a different way of choosing the, the movie or whatever it is, and, you know, this is as good as any. I, I'm definitely open to the idea of, like, switching things up a little bit just to, like, add maybe a little bit more randomness, a little bit more fun, whatever it is, um, just to, like, kind of make things more interesting for us and hopefully for listeners. Maybe we do a bracket of everything in our watch list.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Maybe <laughs> next March. March, March yeah. is over, yeah. March right, is yeah we have,
2: we have, by, by
0: next March, we'll have like, you know, 2,000 movies on that watch list. So. Oh, my Lord. Um, all right. Well, that's a lot of, uh, a lot of preamble. But let's yeah. kick off our uh, discussion of what we've been watching with the best thing you watched in the last week. Who wants to go first?
1: I'll go first. We have a movie two weeks. You have two yeah. weeks to choose from. Yeah, um, welcome back. I'm going to only choose one movie, though. Um, so I'm going to go with a new movie. I saw... Which, you know, is still a thing these days. New movies occasionally. Uh, re- released on video on demand. Never rarely, sometimes, always. Oh, um, it was the, the winner at Sundance, I believe, of the Grand Jury Prize. or some, I, I, there's, They have so many prizes at these festivals that you never know which is like the one that was like the winner of Sundance. Right. But I think this was the winner of Sundance. Um, even though I can't say that for sure. Um, this, I think, is the second film from Eliza Hitman. And it stars a woman named Sidney Flanagan, who I don't recognize for anything else. I don't know if she's been in any sort of like real movies before this, certainly not as a lead, I think. Um, and it's a fairly simple story. It's uh, Sydney Flanagan plays a, a young girl named Autumn who gets pregnant and she lives somewhere in like rural Pennsylvania. And she realizes that she's not, she wants to get an abortion and she's not going to be able to get that where she lives because there's a parental consent law in Pennsylvania and she doesn't want to involve her parents. So her and her friend travel to New York City and go to, a. I don't know if it's plant Parenthood per se, but it's a Planned Parenthood type facility. Um, in order to get the abortion she desires. And obviously, you know, things happen along the way and, you know, self-discovery and all that sort of stuff. And it's really just like a very quiet, but deeply, deeply powerful film. Um, the, the name of the movie, which you totally forget, is the name of the movie as you're watching it, because it doesn't really come up until it comes mm. up in like the most powerful way I could have imagined that title having an effect. It's just like a scene that totally floored me. Um, just really, really well-made film. No, you know, it's not very showy, but really, really emotional power, emotionally powerful and, you know, really made an impact on me. I would definitely recommend it. If, you know, if there's a movie that has come out on these video VOD style that they've been doing since the the outbreak happened Um, this is the one that I would choose I think it's definitely worth the $20 especially if you're you know want to watch it with another person that you live with whatever it is Um, you know you could split it between the two of you however you know your financial arrangements are these days but um, this is definitely the best one of the group I think this is probably my favorite movie of the year so far Um, and we will hopefully be talking about this movie more at length on an upcoming episode of There Will Be Pod so you can look out for that
0: so if I bought this movie and I pointed my Zoom screen at it and Brendan Venmo'd me $10, that's fair. That's fine by me. <laughs> all right.
1: Um, yeah, I, I wanted to, I heard about this only because FilmSpotting covered it this week. That was the first yeah. I heard about it. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's, it's been making the rounds on all the, because it's, yeah, you know, there, people are desperate for new movies and content, content, content yeah. at this point. So 20 bucks is just like, things. I mean, I don't know.
0: I feel like I, I get that that's kind of the going rate for these theatrical releases now. Uh, the smaller yeah. ones coming out but it just I don't I was kind of put off by spending $20 on it when I hadn't heard anything else besides yeah just about it I'm, I mean it kind of makes sense to me just because in
2: when you're going to the movies you're spending over 20 bucks if you do the ticket and the popcorn and a drink and anything else you're spending more than that so I mean like it's it's not too bad for 20 bucks I think if it was any more it would be pretty unreasonable but um 20, 20 months isn't too, too bad. No, um,
0: I think I, especially for multiple – if you have two people, like yeah. Av and your – did your wife watch it with you then? Yeah, we watched it together last Saturday night, I believe. Yeah, so it's like if two people watch it, you know, that's
1: it, – it would be more expensive for two people to go to the movies. Mm. Okay. Exactly, right. So, you know, it's not – yes, it's 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 a lot for watching a movie at home because you're not accustomed to paying that much. Right. Um, But A, it's, it's cheaper than if two people went to a movie. It's only slightly more expensive than one person going to a movie. And, you know, not that, like, the movie studios are the ones that are in, like, need of charity these days, but if we want right. these, you know, companies to be around when this is all over, then we have to kind of do our share from time to time to support them, and that doesn't mean, you know, I'm not saying anyone's obligated to buy movies or anything like that, but... You know, it's it these a lot of these studios I think are are gonna be in a lot of jeopardy. Movie theaters are in a lot of jeopardy. And, mm-hmm. you know, as people that are very invested in this industry and having quality entertainment continuing to flow into our homes and theaters, it's in all of our interests to keep supporting it, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, and especially a
2: smaller movie like this that's not that wouldn't have gotten a lot of exposure even if it did come out in main theaters. Yeah, um, it's was this going to gonna be theatrically? Support-
1: yes, yeah, for sure. This was this is going to be not like a major release, but you know, but it would have a, been at
2: like East Street and West End. Yeah, DC. this this like is a movie that
1: you know, you know one Sundance, people were raving about it coming out of Sundance, and it probably could have had like a nice theatrical run. Obviously, you know, it's not going to make a hundred million dollars, right?
2: But, but it's you important know, this, to support local film. Yeah, this or, is a movie that
1: is going to probably get crushed film. by all this. Um, yeah. so you know. The, the the more we can do to prop them up a little bit is probably absolutely best for us in the long run.
0: Yeah, I think the reason why that twenty hour price tag feels tough is because you know I look at like uh you know if we're gonna cover some movie that's not streaming for free it's like you know at most four ninety nine on Amazon to get it. Yeah, um, for sure. is this. So I'm assuming this is still a rental for $20, right? You, yes. do, you don't own this. Market. No, I don't own it. It's a rental. It's
2: right. You're, you're you're renting it just like you would, you know,
0: Yeah. buy a movie but ticket. But Shutter know, Island, if I wanted to buy Shutter Island on Amazon streaming, it would be $20. Or
1: so less,
0: actually, $14.99. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: yeah. I, I mean, they, it's they a range. The prices that you get on these websites, I think, are all just, like, determined by the studios. Like, Amazon can't lower the price. Like, they have to sell it at that price. So yeah you could rent it on Amazon or you know voodoo Google wherever you iTunes wherever yeah. you normally <laughs> rent movies if you do that well, and you have really uh, uh, you got some time window to watch it I think two days maybe <laughs>
2: really funny story about this new uh buying movies or buying a movie ticket to, to stream situation so I shared an Amazon prime account with my mother and a couple of weeks ago I did break down and watch the Hunt. And it charged to her card instead of mine. <laughs> and she called me and was like, what is this $20 Amazon movie charge? And I was, should I watch this movie? And I was like, no, mom, no. You,
1: should
2: <laughs> you should not watch The Hunt. It's okay." I don't, like, don't,
1: I don't know your mom. The one thing I know about her is that she's a person. So that's already, yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: exactly. you know, most likely she's not going to enjoy
1: The Hunt. And she's a mom, enjoyed- so she's really <laughs> probably not going to enjoy The definitely Hunt.
2: Definitely would not have enjoyed The Hunt. I was like, no, mom, sorry, here's, here's the money
0: back. i would have been like hey i got you this present on your credit card uh go ahead and watch it and give me like a report after you see it um yeah no thanks yeah the hunt i feel like is one that like i've heard so much about it and mostly negative um and at some point i would like to watch it but i have no interest in spending any money i'm seeing this movie so like i'm completely waiting until it's on hulu or or, yeah i'm sure it will be eventually yeah Yeah, i think it will be you know Um, um all right, Brendan. How about you? Well, I question?
2: have been watching quite a few things this week because I felt like I slacked uh, last week and didn't really watch a whole lot before the podcast. So I got in a few different movies this week. Um, one thing I will say—it's um, not a movie per se—but I think if people are looking for something to decompress to, Mark Maron's new Netflix special "End Times Fun" is really, really funny and really, really timely. And it was recorded last year, and deals with a lot of um, his own anxieties and insecurities about um, any sort of end of the world scenario. And so it's oh, very, very—it's very, very timely because it's very, very funny. And I don't want to, you know, spoil any of Maren's
0: jokes, but Mark Laren
2: is a really funny guy. So is this
0: a stand-up special, or it's, is it? Like yeah, a, it's a stand-up.
2: Yeah, it's a stand-up. Okay. Yeah, it's a stand-up special. It, it's a little over an hour, but. Um, I really enjoyed it last night and it really helped me sort of decompress um long enough to actually dive into a more serious movie that I have had on my watch list forever and is a Cohen Brothers blind spot that I had up until now and I watched a serious man. Ooh. And I absolutely loved this movie. Yeah. And I texted Zach and I said, is, you know, is this the best Passover movie, you know, or maybe our friend Max said that and was like, great Passover movie. And I was like, yeah, actually, yeah, I guess it is. And then I
1: said, no, Uncut but, Gems is the best. Oh, movie. Right, is it the best it, Passover movie or is it just yeah. the best movie?
2: It is a fantastic movie. I mean, I love the cast. Um, relatively unknowns. So I love uh, Michael Stuhlberg, who yeah. um, was great on Fargo, the season that he was on. Um, he's He's just a fantastic actor that not a lot of people know. He's,
0: um i loved him I thought, in uh oh no what is it called uh the chalamet movie that i really liked That like i don't know why i can't think of the name of it. uh call no me by your name. yeah call me by your name
2: okay uh he was the father me yes 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 okay i um i also really enjoyed you know normally it's kids performances in movies can be pretty hit and miss but i really enjoyed the performance of his son who was uh going through hebrew school and having his uh bar mitzvah by the end to spoil the end of a serious man um but it I, I really like i thought the performance by the young actor that plays his son was also really great um yeah it was just a solid low-key coen brothers movie that didn't really feel like a coen brothers movie um it didn't really have that same humor but i also kind of liked um it felt it felt a lot like their most personal film in a lot of ways like, this may have been based on what they sort of went through growing up um, in, their, in their own household. And it, it felt like a very personal film. And I, I really enjoyed it. I, um, it moves at a quick pace, too. It's uh, under two hours.
0: Yeah, it's only 100 minutes. I just it pulled sort it up. Of
2: ended out of nowhere as well. I was like, oh, I guess this is the end. Yeah, that's the end. Boom. And, but I, I really enjoyed it. Um, Serious Man, Coen Brothers movie, 2009. If you haven't seen it, check it out.
1: Uh, streaming on Netflix. Yep. Streaming on Netflix. And yeah. it's short.
0: It's only 100 minutes. Yeah. So. So,
1: a Serious Man is my favorite Coen Brothers movie. Um, and, it's, and it's not particularly close. And I, I like a lot of Coen Brothers movies, but yeah. this is my, by far my favorite one. I yeah. I need to
0: rewatch this because so I just pulled it up on Letterboxd. I watched it in January of 2018. Oh, wow. And I didn't even write anything about it when I saw it. And I don't remember. I, I remember like I had heard good things about it, but I didn't mm-hmm. feel like super passionate about it. Um, but I do want to rewatch it now. I think I would have. I think I might appreciate yeah, first it.
1: First, you need to read the entire book of Job. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, the, the no, not really. I've,
1: I never have. but
0: it's, uh, is, that like, <laughs> is that like what it's based a lot on? I mean, uh, I've only heard parts of the, you know, island only know Yeah. Bit.
1: Well, I mean, it's, 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 there's a Job allegory at work. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, you, it's, you don't really, all you need to really know is the idea of just like a guy who just like one bad thing after another starts happening. Yeah.
2: He just is continuously being tested and he's trying to figure out whether it's, Worth all of the trouble, and what if he's being tested by God, or if there's other forces at work? Yada yada. You know, yeah, and the awesome.
1: the the relationship with him, between him and his soon-to-be ex-wife and her boyfriend, or I think is it's really Fred Malabed, is so funny. Yeah. <laughs>
2: So fantastic. Yeah. I love Cy. Cy was...
1: Yeah. Such a great character. Yeah. So, yeah like, uh, the, the small character actors, Richard Kind and Five Ish Finkel. Yeah. It's just like a who's who of like classic Jewish oh, yeah. guys. It's yeah. really it was really nice to
2: see um Adam Arkin pop up. Mm-hmm. He's one of those actors that isn't in a lot, but every time he pops up, I'm like, Oh yeah, I like that guy. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. So um, looking
0: at uh, I'm looking at Letterboxd for it right now and um, I have twenty Letterbox friends who have seen this movie.
1: Okay. And
0: the only one who rated it anything below a three and really anything below a four is uh, one of our listeners, Bob Felon, gave it uh, oh. two and a half stars. Wow! Oh, yeah, Ouch. he did not like it. The Redbox report Bob. said this was bad. So well,
2: the Redbox report no longer exists, so I that's know, on huh? them. <laughs> uh, but um, otherwise, but otherwise, I did put this onto my Cohen Brothers list last night, um, and I put it fourth on my list of Cohen Brothers films. So
0: fourth. What's so? What's what are your top four then?
2: All right, so it's uh, that's a good question. I should have pulled it up before I said that. Uh, Fargo is still my number one. And then do 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 kill time, kill time, kill time.
0: I'm assuming no country for old man is in your top four. Going to edit this out. No. Uh now we want to edit this out. Right. So this uh
2: yeah, so my top four Cohen Brothers film I'm sorry, I, I put this fourth. So my three above it are Fargo, Inside Blue on Dennis, and O Brother, Where Art Thou? So I it's fourth, uh, between O Brother and Big Lebowski for me. Um Which means I really enjoyed it greatly. Um,
1: Inside Low Davis is so wonderful. Yeah,
2: it really is. I love Inside Low on Davis. I think that's probably
1: my second favorite.
2: Yeah, and Fargo is my number one, as we talked about on our very first podcast. So. Yeah,
1: Fargo, very up there. Yeah, I would probably that's probably my top three. Maybe no country would be far. I would have to look at the whole list. It could be I'm forgetting about one that I really liked. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm generally not a huge Lebowski, Lebowski person the way Same. some of these you know people who mm. dress up as Lebowski on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> yep. that's I mean, nice. we're all dressing like Lebowski now, though. Yeah, right?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah, uh,
0: No no Country has been on my rewatch list for a long time because I only saw it once in the theater and I just was kind of like, meh, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I mean, liked it. It's the, always the like the like number did. one movie of decades. So. Yeah,
1: I didn't get the, all the rage about No Country either, so I've been meaning to rewatch it. Yeah, well, hopefully that the stars will align at some point point. we can get No right. Country on this podcast. Yep. It's, so what have you been watching,
0: Zach? All right, so uh, I just pulled up my movie activity for the week, and really it's only been like four or five days since we recorded the last episode, um, but it has been all Alien all the time. <laughs> I've worked my way through the entire Alien franchise, uh... After the, you know, when we recorded the Brothers Bloom podcast, I had watched Alien and Aliens, so the first two. I have now watched Alien 3, Alien Resurrection, Prometheus, and Alien Covenant in the last couple days. Wow. So uh, I will pick Prometheus as the best thing I watched. Movie books, <laughs> um, of those. Um, and I, I actually, I had seen Prometheus, and I liked it quite a bit the first time. Uh, I really, really liked it the second time. I think everything in it that is not, like, directly tied to the Alien franchise is really good and really like interesting. You know, talk about like religion and, and biblical type stuff. Uh, I mean, there's a ton of that in Prometheus. Um, when they when they tie it in with the Alien franchise, it's kind of like that's where it, it loses me a little bit. Um, but I I uh, did update my ranking of all of the Alien movies, so I guess I will go through that. Uh, I have Aliens at number one, Alien the first one at number two, and there's a drop off. Then I have Prometheus, Alien Covenant, Alien Resurrection, and then bringing up the rear Alien 3. Oh, wow. So Alien
2: 3 is your bottom. So you agree with a lot of people's consensus that Alien 3 is really awful.
0: I, I wouldn't. I mean, it's not I mean, like it's... terrible. I, I liked the first half hour, and I liked the last okay. 10 minutes. Okay. And everything in between, it was kind of like just very generic, like
1: B-movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's just, very, just completely derivative of the first two, which is what right. you would expect in a, a franchise like that, but it just, like, doesn't do any... Like, there's one moment, like, there's one development, Um, I guess we don't want to spoil a movie, even though it's from yeah. however many years ago, where, let's just say there's, a, there's something that makes the alien not want to attack her at some point, which was, like, an mm-hmm. interesting little nugget, mm-hmm. but other than that, the rest of the movie was just, yeah. like, the same movie again as the first two. Yeah, that's, like, the
2: famous scene from Alien 3 that, like... You know, there's that like the, shot.
0: the famous shot, yeah, from Alien Three of you know Ripley and the alien face, and right. yeah. Um, um, but and the, I actually liked. So right. I'd seen Alien Covenant when it came out in theaters okay. in 2017. I, I actually looked up the or not. yeah. So I looked up the date um, when it came out, and it came out like like um, three weeks before I moved out of DC. So I feel like it was yeah. probably one of the last movies we all went to see at Regal. Well, Uh, I'm pretty sure I went and
2: saw it by myself.
0: Okay, so it might have been one of the last movies I saw with my brother when I stole it. That makes sense. Um, And I liked it better this time than when I first saw it. I thought it was like very generic alien stuff, but Mm -hmm. it does a good job kind of tying a little bit from each of the movies. Um, And Michael Fassbender is plays two roles in that movie and is really good. Yeah, Fassbender. Everybody else was just like brutal. Yeah,
2: it's that's that's the thing. I I really enjoyed. The, the kills and I really enjoyed the fast better performance and those were enough to elevate it to me to like at least watchable status for alien covenant. Like I, I mean, it's not, a, I could, I was sitting there the whole time going, this isn't really a good movie, but I'm still enjoying it. Cause it's like a summer popcorn flick that I can, it's completely disposable, but I'm, but I'm appreciating it in the moment. Like I'm, I'm
0: gonna forget everything about this movie. It'll exactly, be, I'd forgotten which Danny I did. McBride. Yeah, uh, I, I just really can't stand Danny McBride. I think that's he's fair. so annoying. That's fair. So yeah. it's like that he is like one of the leads in this movie. Is just like I don't know. Um, yeah, no, he, me, I, mean, I can't stand him. Yeah. I, hate, me, I, I hate, hate I him say. also.
1: Other than the, his one scene in this, and this is uh, this is the end, <laughs> end where he makes breakfast for everyone. Yes, uh, the, he's right. good.
0: And this is the end. He's yeah. and he's like he's like good in doses i just don't think like all the yeah. hbo series that he's on um, see i think righteous gemstones is a
2: really great show it's i never really watched hilarious. i didn't see that but, but yeah
0: but if you don't like danny mcbride then you're not going to want
2: to watch the righteous gemstones so yeah. i just you know. never got around to that
0: um but the cast of prometheus though i did not remember that being so good like i obviously remembered fast was in it and guy okay. pierce um okay. i did not remember charlie Theron was in a main role uh, also idris elba logan marshall green uh, it's also got a smaller role from Benedict Wong. Uh, oh. Benedict Wong, of course, is in the MCU now and yeah. uh, is in the Doctor Strange movies. So, yeah. Benedict Wong, I am I, not trying to shame him, but he was much skinnier in Prometheus. <laughs> He's gained <getting> a <laughs> lot of weight. <laughs> I don't know how. Now I, weight that, shaming. It wasn't Doctor that long Strange ago. I just noticed sidekick. it. I just noticed it. I just noticed oh, it. Oh, man. Um, Ouch. So, yeah, I know, Brendan, you said you have. Not seen all of Prometheus? Right? I've, yeah, I've seen bits and pieces, and what I felt like I missed in
2: Prometheus, I feel like I got most of from watching Alien Covenant, but it's one of those ones that I've always said that I'm going to go back to and watch, um, but I just haven't yet, and I probably should add it to my watch list. to watch Yeah, watch it's, it's
0: got some good, got some good like, mythological stuff, and it's written by Damon Lindelof. I think he just like, yeah. rewrote a lot of stuff. I don't think he wrote the, the story from the get-go. Okay. Um, and Ridley Scott says that he's, um, when the Disney Fox acquisition happened, I know they said they definitely are going to keep the alien franchise going. So that'd
2: be great. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope that, I hope it's not the end of the alien franchise. It's not, that's a cash
0: cow. They're going to keep it. Yeah.
2: It's something they do eventually, but I'm also fine with it only coming back every like five to six years. I don't need an alien movie every year. Or a but series. to if they want to add something to it every few years, that's cool with me. I mean, it'd just be fun.
0: You yeah. Know. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, I also uh, will give a shout out to a small screen uh, show that I binged through last night, and that's uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, I love the movie What We Do in the Shadows, and so I saw that yeah. the show was coming back for season two, so I finally watched through all of season one, and I basically like watched it all in one sitting, because the episodes are like 22 minutes apiece, and they're funny and move through um so i i was hoping to watch the movie before we got on the podcast today but didn't have time so um uh, sm- the small show. screen shout
2: out for me this week is uh Shits creek i started the first season i'm about nine episodes in really enjoying it really love uh the performances of Catherine o'hara and eugene levy they if anyone has watched anything they're in with christopher guest they just have fantastic chemistry so um the series finale of that aired earlier this week. And so uh, I wanted to start watching Schitt's Creek and get caught up so that I can be part of the zeitgeist as it were. But um, I, I also haven't, you know, I'm not anywhere close to being caught up with it, but the first season's really funny. Yeah. Schitt's Creek streaming on Netflix. Yeah.
0: All right. Well with that, uh, let's take Schitt's Creek over to Shutter Island and uh, let's find out There what probably is a shit movie. creek on Shutter Island. I'm sure there, we might have seen one. So, uh, <laughs> yes, Shutter Island, of course, is the 2010 psychological thriller that is directed by Martin Scorsese and stars uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Mark Ruffalo, among others. And it's about a uh, mental institution on an island and some cops that are investigating the weird disturbances and uh, disappearance of one of the patients on Shutter Island. I don't think... We'll say anything else before we give that spoiler warning one more time. So if you've not seen this movie, there's a lot to spoil in it. Go and watch it and then come back and listen. So that is our spoiler warning. Uh, One thing I wanted to talk about, this is the thing I want to put a pin in before we started talking about this movie. Is it a spoiler to be so like, Hey, we're gonna spoil something. This week like to like with you, Brendan, you had never seen this, and I kept being like, right. "Don't look at the internet, like don't right. Google this." No, because I already knew there was some kind
2: of twist in it, just based off of our Saturday morning YouTube binges that we used to do. Because this movie would always come up on some of those videos of like craziest endings or biggest twists or yada yada, mm-hmm. and I would always have to like blank it out or switch the video. So that I wouldn't get spoiled on
0: this. Yeah.
2: But yeah, I mean, like, I knew there was some, it's not, it didn't feel like a spoiler, but it also, at least subconsciously, prepares you that there's going to be a twist. Yeah, that's true. So you're looking, and so you're looking for clues to what the twist is going to be throughout the movie. And it also actually helps you better understand the movie, I think, rather than having to spend 20 minutes after the twist. Trying to figure out how they got there. Instead, you're actually watching, or at least for me, I was watching this movie a lot
0: more closely. You were skeptical the whole, so time. that I
2: could pick up on the things that it was dropping along the way, like um, that I thought might be the twist or a twist or something weird going on. And so I, you know, I have a, I have a few points along the way where my radar was raised. Um, that I don't mind hitting on as we're going through the movie but um, yeah I I think the big part is just um, there's no real way to avoid spoilers in this day and age or to avoid knowing something is a spoiler or has a twist you just have to sort of yeah that's the thing, it's the
0: thing i always yeah. kind of struggle with where it's like there are things where it's like oh like don't google that you know get off of twitter for this episode you yeah. know like miss you know like when mr robot was on there like make sure you're not on the internet when mr robots which like exactly like anyways, did the same thing with game of thrones like. right it, yeah it's like oh yeah the the ninth episode of game of thrones something crazy happens and it's like then you know like something crazy is gonna happen you don't know what exactly right. um whereas i think when i saw this movie in 2010 that's why i saw in the theater I don't believe I knew there was a twist coming. I mean, Scorsese isn't known for, like, having movies with twist endings.
2: Right, Um, that's also fair. Yeah.
0: So I think, and, and Av, I know you had a different experience when you first saw this, but I remember being very surprised by the end of this movie when I first saw it.
1: Yeah so I I saw it at like one of those like special previews. Um, I think they still do them but probably not as much these days um, where like somebody in the street would just kind of and like at least in Manhattan somebody would just like walk up to you and be like oh we're giving you free tickets for a movie that hasn't come out yet like if you like wait in this line. So like me and my wife I think she was I don't think we were married yet at the time. Um, we just like got on the line we didn't even know what it was and then like when we got to the front they told us it's like the new Martin Scorsese Leonardo DiCaprio movie and we're like wow we hit Gold with that. Like normally, you yeah. don't get such a good movie, uh, or at least what you think is going to be a good movie, like a high-profile movie, um, for those pre-preview pre- things. Um, so we went definitely and s- don't do those right now. By the way, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I th- I'm, I guess, I must have seen the trailer for it. Um, because I remember seeing the trailer and thinking like oh well this seems like the type of movie where it's gonna turn out that he's like the crazy inmate the whole time mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> like, there was like a lot of the, a lot of those types of movies I feel like in the 2000s like that was just like a very yes. classic trope of like some, some guy who's like trying to figure out a mystery and it's really him the whole time
2: well and I think that's, I think that's the memento effect
1: yeah or it's, it's happening in his head City was like that was yeah. that the movie we talked about a couple weeks ago which one did we talk about? Yeah. Oh yeah, we, we talked, talked about, about it. Different. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I. I just spoiled. that. sorry. Womp womp womp. Um, <laughs> I, I, I it's
0: a psychological thriller. That is yeah. all. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, yeah. Zach, you can edit out where I spoiled it if you feel like it. Alias um, it a show
0: about a spy. <laughs> we'll so,
1: <laughs> so my first experience with this was basically watching a movie where I right. basically anticipated there's going to be a big twist at the end of this movie that I think I know what it is and then like mm-hmm. as you go further and further into this movie it just becomes more and more obvious and it just gets it, for me at least it got to the point where the my knowledge of the twist was like so distracting and it just like frustrated me that like the characters weren't figuring out the twist, or I guess one character in this case. I, I mean, I didn't know exactly what, how it was going to unfold, but like, it was just like, how is everyone else not figuring this out? I mean, they're literally having you walk around in mental patient's clothes for half the movie. <laughs> right, exactly. Yep, yep. Especially, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that sort of stuff happens a lot these days with TV shows, especially with just like the internet and Reddit, where like a lot of times, like once some, once you see the theory, it just becomes so obvious to you that that's what's happening, and like you just can't unhear it, and that's just how you see the movie. And it's just it ruins it for you sometimes. Speaking I of that, Westworld is on tonight. So <laughs> the <This> show <laughs> yeah. that is constantly ruined by the internet. Yeah. Uh, uh, you mentioned yeah. to Mr. Robot. That happened to me with Mr. Robot also. Like three episodes in, I was reveal. like, "Oh, this is what's happening." And then every episode, <laughs> that they don't reveal it. You're just like, you're why just- are they not revealing it? This is so obvious. It's like, once it clicks in your head. Yeah. It's just there's no turning back. For that
0: sometimes. See him from Mr. Robot. I the think good the good thing, get, thing that. But- Go ahead. Well, Mr. Roa oh, I had like 20 twists as well. Yeah, like, it had the true. one big yeah. twist. Yeah, I'll talk about. But then one, there's definitely. like a lot of other. Yes. Yeah. 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 So then it gets gets way twistier from there. Um, okay. And I will say the one thing that Westworld has done really well this year is they've kind of reacted to how quickly Reddit figures things out. And like the mysteries seem to be resolved like the next. Instantly. Instant pot. Yeah.
2: Instant mysteries. So yeah, there's you like just... you'll
0: watch an episode. There will be a podcast. It's like, oh, I think this is what's going on. And then the next episode next like sense, this yeah. is or isn't what is going on. So yeah. mm-hmm. They at least like reacted to that. Yeah, I think that's, and
2: I think that's good, but it's also leading to sort of a stagnation in the storytelling to a degree with Westworld because it doesn't feel like anything has any stakes at this point, not to get on a Westworld rant, but, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. I, and I think to a degree that that relates to what you're saying about this Of is that with a movie like Shutter Island, I don't know if I could watch this movie again knowing what happens. And feel the same stakes. So, you I don't, once, my, you know, once you know how this movie turns out, or any movie or show turns out, the stakes are inherently less. Yeah. So, my expectation
1: feel. on coming into the rewatch for this mm-hmm. was that I would be able to kind of just like compartmentalize that better. Right. Since I'm, you know, there's, there's less at stake. I don't so. worry about the twist. And I could kind of just like appreciate the craft more and pay attention and just like see yeah. how it works. Um, it didn't quite work out that way for me um i i would say i appreciated a little bit more on rewatch but there's okay. still a, a lot of elements of this movie that really did not work
2: and i think that i think for me that also was um a thing kind of knowing to a degree what was going to happen in this movie with the, like knowing that th- there's that this mystery isn't quite the mystery that you think it is and there is some kind of twist that sort of allowed me to appreciate little things like the music, like the cinematography, like the way the camera was cutting from shot to shot at the beginning of the film to give you a total sense of unease when he's on the boat and they're arriving at the island. And it would go from like a one shot to a two shot back to a one shot within the span of a second. And that was really crazy. Like it it gave you like a real sense of um, uneasiness as a viewer for me. And I so I really appreciated that. And it was also like, I'm, I'm one of those people that really, um, one of those Leonardo DiCaprio heads that I really enjoy him pretty much in everything he's in. And it really allowed me to um, sink myself into the performances a little more and not be as distracted by the plot as I probably would have been if I didn't know there was going to be some sort of twist. You know what
0: I mean? Like, yeah. So I, I felt like uh, I, you know, I, like I said, I saw this movie 10 years ago when it came out, probably almost exactly 10 years ago. Um, and I didn't remember exactly everything. I mean, I knew that the, you know, and I don't even think we've like come right out and said it, but like the, the big twist is that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character Teddy is actually an inmate in the asylum and... And has been uh, has been there because he murdered his wife after she murdered their two their three
1: children. Um, well, and, I, I would put a pin in that part, but yeah, yeah. Oh, okay.
0: Well, this
2: <laughs> is what this is what I really appreciated about that part is that I felt like I figured out the part of the mystery that he was an inmate really easily and really quickly, but I didn't figure out who he was until it was explained to me at the end.
1: Yeah. Well, Interesting I, name. I, I say pin, I it's say it. put a pin in that because but I'm not convinced that there were children. You don't think there all. were children at all? I I didn't. I, I, don't, I don't. I'm not going to even say what I think about this movie just because I don't. I honestly don't know. But I think it's not clear that there were children that existed. Um,
2: Interesting.
1: The. Um, he he doesn't he. There's a couple times where he talks about it, and he doesn't refer to his children. He just says his wife died, which is like a weird thing to say if your whole family died. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. then in the scene where he goes out and discovers them in the water, like he first right. looks out to the water, and there's nothing, and there's nothing. There, there. And, there's nothing. Right. and then yeah. only when he goes out to into the water looking for them, he all of a sudden their bodies are like on the surface. So and there's
2: also a total change in the story itself about halfway through. About how his wife died, because first yes. it was an apartment fire,
1: correct? And yeah, I
2: mean, yeah, it's go yeah, and then it's and then it's murder by a cabin, and there's no fire at all.
0: So so what? So do you think like so, the like because then it, it, I mean it, it was very unclear to me at the end. Still, like a lot of things in this movie are sort of unclear, and I, yeah. I know some of that's intentionally, mm-hmm. but like yeah, there's the two different there's the fire versus the, her getting shot. Um, it's mm-hmm. also to me like. I mean, yes, murdering your wife is a bad thing, but like the amount of punishment he received for doing it doesn't necessarily like that he would be locked up in, in this like super like secure psychiatric facility And and that would be allowed to have like this crazy experiment run where they let him have like complete control of the Island and run all over this Island and like hurt people and blow up cars and do all of this stuff. Just to like try to get him to realize
1: who he is, yeah so, so to that he point, even more so like the the punishment for murdering your wife, which I wouldn't even based on the the, the the images were shown showing of the way that she dies on the, by the lake, right. I wouldn't even call necessarily call murder. This is that's like a guy having like a spontaneous right. breakdown, at, discovering that his wife has murdered their children and right. kills her in like that state of affairs, is True. you know, you're not getting many years in jail for that, most likely. That's, that'll True. probably be treated as like a temporary insanity or heat of the right. moment type thing. That's not even murder by most legal standards. So um, here's which I think the even other... more so to your point, Zach. Like it's just it doesn't add up.
2: Right. Yeah. So here's the other thing. If we're just, if we're going to say there may not have been any children, is it possible there also was no life and that his entire incarceration in this mental facility is actually a byproduct of what he experienced during World War II
1: and is actually just straight up PTSD. Honestly, I mean, it could be, I think anything is possible. And I think like at the end of this movie, that's like, you can't, trust anything at face value i mean like you yeah. can't like look these two these two or three psychiatrists in the eye and say well we've been lying to you for the last two hours but now right. we're telling you the truth like you right. can't like they're just they, they don't have the believability at this point in the movie to believe anything that they tell them like they've they've, they've straight out saying we've been trying to implant you with false memories in order to like accomplish right. some sort of experiment that we're doing and do we believe them now that they're doing it for his own good or are right. they doing Absolutely. it or is this just like the next leg of whatever experiment they're doing on him
0: so the PTSD thing is interesting because, you know, we do see him like holding dead children at the yep. end of the movie. And, you know, if he got to a concentration camp where he like killed the guy, you know, and they invaded the concentration camp, there would be dead children's bodies lying around. And so so right. that definitely could map yeah. to, that, to that. Yeah, Because otherwise kind of some of the World War II stuff doesn't really, like it just doesn't quite align. Like what was yeah. the point of even introducing right. that? Yeah, if he's, and, uh, either, if
2: he's a soldier who was in World War II you wouldn't need to then have the extra plot layer of him being a US Marshal who has a wife and kids. Unless that was manufactured in some way. Otherwise it's just an extra plot detail. Right. For, Dude, to explain his psychosis.
1: I did I did get a, a slight moment of glee after you guys uh rejected. It's like a hat on stuff. a
0: hat. It's a hat on a hat. Why didn't you get it a slight moment of glee?
1: Because oh. you got a Holocaust movie anyway. <laughs> oh, <fair laughs> it's enough. true. Uh,
2: it's putting putting the murder and mental break of killing his wife after having obvious PTSD from what he saw in the liberation of DeKalb is, is, yeah, it's like putting a hat on a hat. It's a lot. It's like,
0: do you really need this extra? Well, we do get a lot. I mean, well, and we get, we get kind of layers throughout this movie, right? Like we get the lake house and the apartment. Um, We get him being Teddy but also Andrew, but also uh, Leotis is the, Leotis. you know, like, yeah. I, and I know Andrew is Leotis, but, like, we even get, like, a manifestation of, of a Leotis. Oh, Leotis, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Leotis, yeah, Leotis. Well, however uh, you say it, I
2: want to say it,
0: yeah. And, uh, you know, I think the thing that was hard for me watching this movie is just, like, I know we're we're seeing things that are, like, manifestations and not actually happening, but, like, mm-hmm. scenes like him being in the cave with the – Second Rachel, like we have, yeah. we have the first Rachel who he sees, and then there's another Rachel, um, yeah. and it just like some of that it's, stuff didn't add up. Um, it, like like second, he finds a body at the at the bottom of the cliff, and we never really know who that body is. Um, yeah,
2: and then the well, then the body disappears, just like the body of his children appeared and re- disappeared and reappeared. So it sort of maps to that in the same way. Um, the only question I have is Ben Kingsley's character says that. Rachel, too, didn't actually exist. Do we believe that? By the way, well, she's the
0: nurse at the end of the movie.
2: Right. So, how? I don't know. I don't understand. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So, this is like one of those movies that it's like the type of movie that it is normally leads me to like want to go like read a million things on Reddit or whatever mm-hmm. and figure out all the m- mysteries and like, you know, people like taking this this image side by side with dad and trying to watch the misery unravel and figure stuff out. But like with this right. one, I just like didn't really feel like I cared enough to like go down that journey. And well, and it
0: also feels off. like there's a lot of breadcrumbs, but they don't lead to anything.
1: Yeah. I mean, right. maybe they do, but like, I just, and, and I'm sure if you, if you Googled it, you'll find somebody who's written a 20,000 word essay explaining everything this movie and why it's a masterpiece. And, you, yes. know, sure, you know, for those people who loved it, great. But it just, this movie didn't even like make me feel compelled to like want to, you know, learn more about what was going on here. Um, I would uh, say, especially like there's like a 40 minute stretch in the middle where it just like really drags. Yeah, and you're just kind of like waiting, especially when you've seen it before. You're like, I can't believe there's still like so much time to go before like the big reveal is gonna happen. Like he's he's just like going and like I'm gonna go talk to this person and like get like a little nugget from them. And yeah,
0: that just, that, that is the that one thing happened I would to me in this movie because I I paused it to go to the bathroom and there was still mm-hmm. an hour and 15 minutes left in the movie. I was like, how is there still an hour and 15 minutes left in the movie? We basically yeah. like are there. yeah Yeah. exactly like like basically like and and you know a lot of that is like after that first dream sequence um and i do think like they do a good job this is almost like a jj abrams where they do a good job of like teasing out the weirdness in the in here i just don't think that like a lot of it pays off um i I think you could also say that about martin scorsese
2: films in general he uh tends to (laughs) drag things tends to drag his movies out They're always they're they're never under two hours. Oh no,
1: yeah, that's if that's you for want sure. more
2: Scorsese, he's gonna give you all the Scorsese in in
0: his good movies and his not so good movies. Yeah. this you're didn't gonna feel get an like over two
1: all. I mean, that's no, like, it doesn't. It doesn't no, at all. It doesn't. Like this is
0: the least Scorsese movie besides right. the early in the. In the movie when they point out the different wards, and the camera yeah. like literally like moves to each ward. that is the only time when I really felt like I was watching a Scorsese movie. otherwise like I kind of felt like I was watching a Christopher Nolan movie um, yeah, or yeah. just like a, a, a you know any other like mid-2000s thriller.
1: Yeah, well, there's, there's one Christopher Nolan movie in particular that this just feels like almost the exact same movie the of things that. happening yeah. um, maybe we'll character's name I have is Teddy.
0: His name is Teddy. Oh, Teddy! Oh, I wasn't even thinking that one. I was
1: thinking—I was thinking of a different one. Yes,
0: <laughs> that, that I, I feel like we're all on the same page in terms of the connection because uh, there yeah. are two Christopher Nolan movies that are very,
1: very closely mapped to this one. Yeah. Um, Absolutely, and just... one so much so. Um, so much so. Yeah, you know, I'll just go and kind of say it. This this movie just was extremely it's... similar to Inception. Um, oh, I
2: was gonna say this movie is extremely similar to Memento. Yeah. <laughs> so so
1: much so that in my head, the the lake scene. Yeah. Was from inception. We're like, he okay. would, it did but really I looked I looked earlier very today similar and, to the and that scene <laughs> with the kids in Inception with is one like big re- difference but they're no. really like they're on the grass instead of by a lake but like it's very similar It's you have the same idea with Leo and like people are implanting false memories um, like you know he had these yeah. dream sequ- sequences with his wife or girlfriend I don't remember who she was in Inception but I was like watching this movie and I was like these yeah. movies came out I think the same year and they're so similar with both with Leo yeah and yeah.
2: Ruffalo is basically
0: the Joseph Gordon-Levitt character yeah. right and
1: there's like a dream yeah. with.
0: there is actually a dream within a dream in this yeah. movie
1: as well yeah uh, Yeah, yeah, very, very interesting. Yeah, Um, I I wrote down both of those movies. um, Also, like the whole idea of like I know Inception. People say is a lot about it's about the process of movie making and the way that movie creates you know fake fake memories and that sort of things. Um, And that's kind of what this movie does with the characters. Correct. And so one thing that I noticed this time that I don't remember if I noticed last time, but right away you see like that first scene where they're coming in on the boat. Mm -hmm. You're like, did Marty Scorsese direct this movie? Because this looks like a really fake. Uh, like, Vista in the background on this this ferry. And then, like, I noticed there was, like, another scene a couple minutes later where also, like, it seemed like the rain was falling and it just seemed, like, very poorly made. And I was like, oh, okay, this is, like, intentional. There's no way that they made this that poorly. They're trying to, like, throw in, like, fake things here and there to kind of, like, unsettle you and put you in the mindset of Leo and, like, not really really be able to know what's real and what's fake and what's meant. Yeah, and and
2: I think that was the point of the disjointedness of the camera movement yeah. For the first 10 to 20 minutes of the film, where, like I was saying at the beginning, it's just cutting from different types of shots constantly, trying to give you that sense of unease and uncertainty about where you are and what's going on and whether it's real or not. And
0: it yeah, does and that I, really well. I, so I thought, like, the. I actually was very into this movie for the first maybe probably up until like the first like 45 minutes, like right around mm. when I paused it to go to the bathroom. I I just really liked the, like the setting was really, was yeah. really interesting. The costumes were unique. Like, I just felt like I was in this, like I felt like transported onto Absolutely. the yeah. um And one and of the things- It has really a
1: really good, like just like noir detective feel to yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and,
2: and part of that is Ruffalo, I think, because he looks like a noir detective in his trench coat and tie and fedora. He like looks- right at home in 1954 it's i think that's it was fantastic casting and the right look with the right actor yeah and that, so that really helps sell it. what
0: i but what really drove that home for me was like there's like a booming score throughout like the first like half hour of this movie which again like feels like christopher nolan um and the the music i thought was really good i just feel like that and just like the whole feel of it, it just, like, it's almost like it, 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 they kind of just went away from it in the second half of the movie and you just didn't have it quite that's as fair.
2: much. That's right. I think that when they're, the point at which it sort of starts to break is after the uh, graveyard hurricane scene.
0: Right, yeah. because yeah, we And I guess it's like we're building up to the big storm. Right. Um, and, and during the big storm, uh, you know, we do have Ruffalo's character Chuck say to Teddy, mm-hmm. uh, we're not in fucking kansas anymore right uh yep. or it's it's turning it no he said sorry he said it's turning into fucking kansas yeah, outside so that right it was <laughs> so we are in yeah. kansas yeah yes uh and refer- referenced the wizard of oz there right. um i uh i also think that there is something to this uh you know we're talking about some of the clues in the movie the rule of four that we get that we get brought up um mm. and i'm i'm not quite sure what exactly that refers to but we do Same. have groups of four we have the three children and the wife um we also have three psychiatrists which i thought was seemed a, a lot it seemed excessive to have right. three psychiatrists so like i don't know if it's like three psychiatrists and teddy is another group of four um because we have you know we have at the end of the movie it's revealed obviously that that ruffalo's character is dr sheehan uh, yeah. but we've also got uh, benjamin kingsley's Doctor, Damn. and we have uh, Max von Sydow, Sir Ben Kingsley, to you, Sir. Yes, and we have Max Max von Sydow's doctor character as well. Yeah. So it's like, why do we need why do we need different free? characters playing uh, psychiatrists in this movie?
2: Yeah, and I think that's part of it. It's to throw you off to not see the Ruffalo reveal coming. But I actually feel like that's the reveal that pays off the least, because the moment like i like i was saying i was um as i was watching this movie i was just sort of raising my ears at certain points at certain tropes and certain things and the big thing where i was like oh ruffalo is probably this doctor is when he's interviewing the one patient in the cafeteria and ruffalo gets up to go get a drink and she like grabs the paper and writes a run in his diary and then ruffalo comes back i was like oh, yeah, that's her trying to tell him that Ruffalo is Dr. Sheehan. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, okay. I but why yeah, would she do that?
0: I, that, that? Like, on rewatch, that scene didn't make any sense to me.
2: I think it's because, like, she knows that they're just fucking with him and that he is a patient. Like, they're they're trying... So to-
0: they were using actual other patients to... Inter- like, they were having him interview other patients? Yeah. Because when I was watching this, I just assumed that, like, the people he was interviewing were staff. Like, the, the guy that they interview before her i think that was actually the same guy who was the guard that he knocks out when he gets to the lighthouse i'm Is pretty it? sure that was the same actor it
2: might be the they look similar they did look similar i was i was unclear on that but i thought that the one lady he interviewed was like the one was definitely a uh, patient
0: yeah i mean that would make sense because she wrote yeah. run but it's just yeah. like why would they a like like Allow the the liability of him like interviewing patients where they're gonna be like, hey man, you're a patient here too, uh, and also like, then not only that but like, uh, Ruffalo's character like gets up and leaves them alone. It's like, what do you expect is gonna happen?
2: Maybe he knew what she was gonna do. I don't know. Maybe they maybe because they've been through this process several times before. Like they it knew seem like what it had to been expect. repeated quite a few. Yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah. Because they've been doing this for two years, apparently. Yeah, they well, said that this, they, they, like, they had, he had had a breakthrough
1: over. like a year earlier. Yeah. Where he, you know, he was... Yeah. But like, again, you, we can't believe that anything that they're saying is actually the, the truth. So who right. the hell even knows? Who
0: knows? And, we,
1: and like, who knows what is
0: actually happening versus what he's seeing? Like, at the end of the movie, when they're looking out onto the courtyard, there was no storm. Right. Like, right. There's, no, there's no debris. I don't think they cleaned up all that debris overnight. So uh, it does seem like that there's... You know, that the storm was like all in his head and never actually happened. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's interesting. That's also true. Yeah,
2: yeah. that's a good point.
0: Could so, have uh, been
2: his nightmare because the, the one thing about the um, migraine part with the flashing lights and everything, that is some, something that also could be attributed to um, the types of experience they were performing because you see that painting on Ben Kingsley's wall where they had the light box over the guy's head. Mm -hmm. And that is a psychological test that they used to do in mental institutions where you would shine a bright light in a patient's face trying to get them to like, it's a certain type of therapy. Like they would do all sorts of types of experiments to your mind and your brain and your face when you were in these institutions, including drilling into your head, like they said. And so it's possible that the points at which he was experiencing the bright flashing lights is actually when he was being experimented on.
0: Um, And then
2: everything that happens after that point, up to a point, is false or fake.
0: Right. So I did did also like that uh, they had, uh, I think it was Rachel's character talked about like the lobotomy that they could do. And she talked about how they go in through the eye. And when we see like a representation of uh, Leilis or Leotis, Mm -hmm who I thought was played by Christopher Maloney, but it was not Christopher Maloney. It was just some other actor. But when we see like who Teddy thinks is, uh, is Leotis that yes. he is missing one of his eyes and has like a big scar across his face. So it clearly like is supposed to represent somebody who had been, uh, who had had this, pr- this procedure performed.
2: For sure. And I mean, uh, it's also represented by Leo having a, um, bad on his forehead. For yeah, I wondered that as well. of the movie. And, at the end, the bandaid is finally gone, and you see that there's just a scar there.
0: Oh, I didn't even so notice they, that.
2: Yeah, there is a scar there. So you, it's that to me symbolizes that they had tried to perform some sort of brain experiment on him previously.
0: For yeah, sure. mm. yeah. I, I've, I noticed the bandaid, but I didn't notice that it ever went away. So
2: yeah, it goes away at the
0: end. Uh, where do you think? Uh, I'll let you answer this. One. Where do you think that they are taking uh, Andrew? Leotis, Teddy, whatever you want to call him, uh, Edward. Where do you think that they are taking him at the end of this movie? Are they taking him to do a lobotomy
1: to kill him? Yeah, I think the him? most the most likely interpretation is that he is basically agreeing to the lobotomy because he realizes that like he just like can't he shouldn't fight this anymore, um, and that he's just going to basically acquiesce to you know instead of being the monster, just die as a good man, at least then he could be. Content with his place in the world, rather than on some like endless mystery, you know, journey trying to figure things out.
0: Yep. So, do you think when he, he when he talks to Chuck and he's like, "Yeah, man, they're up to some," you know, at the end, and you can see he's like kind of like back on this loop of Yeah,
1: I think he's, faking. he's, he's just faking faking it, just, it. He's just faking it. I think so. I mean, I'm it. open to I'm open to being convinced otherwise. And I'm sure there are because people f- that, that have all sorts of different interpretations. But I think I, mean, that's I think, the think straight up, most realizes likely.
2: he's faking it, like right at the last second, but decides. But based on what Leo says, Ruffalo decides not to intervene with his
0: faking of it. Because know, he'd understand. rather just get lobotomized and not have to live with what he's done. Basically. Correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's an that's a more interesting read than like uh, just all like he figured it out the night before and then the next morning he just reset back to like being paranoid again. Um, that he's a little bit more more self aware.
2: No, because I think that's what I think that's the most generous reading of his final line of. Um, you know, living or dying as a good man rather than living as a monster. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the that's the way I read it at least. Um, at least
0: like the, the that line the the living as a living as a good man dying or living as a monster dying as a good man. That is like a very kind of Scorsese idea. I
1: feel yeah, like. for, yeah. Sure. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: that was that was the most Scorsese I felt in this movie besides like that camera movement at the beginning
1: yeah I mean it's, I mean Scorsese also he, had, he has tackled mental illness and trauma mm. a lot in his film so this is not like sure. totally out of his wheelhouse but it's it's definitely stranger than most of his films
0: yeah Yeah. Um, and there is uh you know some other connections to not only movies that we've covered, but I thought like you know we haven't talked about Michelle Williams at all, uh, and she plays yeah. the wife in this movie, but uh she has a has a history of playing wives in these like uh very she, broken relationships, yeah, uh, she, she was the wife was in Manchester by the sea, yeah, she was in Blue, uh, Blue, Valentine. Blue Valentine. Another one where it's yeah i like saw a,
1: I saw Blue Valentine when I was engaged, which <laughs> was a very bad idea.
0: Yeah. Uh, I saw Blue Valentine with my mom, so oh, man. Uh, also a bad idea. Yeah. Um so and I was thinking that she was in Revolutionary Road, but that was uh Kate Winslet with yeah. DiCaprio. Um another that is that is not a fun movie to watch. No I would, I would not suggest that one. But it takes place around the same time period as I think it's the fifties, like early fifties, mid fifties. So
2: Yeah, I really enjoyed the performance of uh Michelle Williams um is really good. She was also in uh brookback mountain she did uh when i know the first thing i ever saw her in was a biopic of marilyn monroe
1: yeah my week with marilyn uh
2: yeah and Mm. she's really fantastic in that and so she's used to playing these sort of um whispery wispy blondes who have some form of mental mental anguish going on with their characters and she's really good at that
0: wasn't she in dawson's creek as well Yes. Yeah, she was She was on the Dawson, I never
2: saw her, but, uh She was on the Dawson.
0: Did you guys have any connections to movies that, you know, like, we can start with last week's movie. Do you have any connections to uh, Brothers Bloom besides Mark Ruffalo that you caught in this movie?
1: Uh, well, I mean, it's also just kind of like a con movie because the basic yeah. premise is, you know, somebody pulling the wool over somebody else's eyes for the entire movie.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, the whole thing and, is a long con.
1: Yeah, and, it's like, it, and from Leo's perspective, for most of the movie, it's a conspiracy movie, so it's kind of like a con on top of a con. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, and also, I mean, also Ruffalo's character, um, at the end, has to decide to let the person go out on their own terms. That's true. Like he does with Leo and like he does with Adrian Brady.
0: With Bloom, yeah. Um, We also have an exploding car in this movie. Do you have an
2: exploding car? Two exploding cars is good. The cave scene as well. There's a scene in a dimly lit cave.
0: Was there a scene in a dimly lit cave in Brothers Bloom? Yeah, at the beginning when they oh, the beginning, in the right. cave and they, yeah. Uh, was there a big storm in the Brothers Bloom, like a big thunderstorm, or am I thinking about something else? I think you're thinking about something else. Okay, but um, something yeah, I watched was... recently had a big thunderstorm in it, and I couldn't, I couldn't my finger <laughs> out what it was. Was it uh during about Scoundrels? Was there a big storm in that, or am I just I don't know? Did you watch The Perfect Storm recently? <laughs> yes, The Perfect Storm. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Perfect Storm, there is a, there was a boat scene in this movie as well. Funny.
1: <laughs>
0: uh what about what connections are, to other movies that we've done on this podcast and that's now our 15th movie
1: um we had the uh what's the name from fargo yep yeah. john yeah. carroll lynch i wrote that
0: yep. down too
2: uh nothing with patricia clarkson right we haven't done anything with her before right nah, not I that I, she so, is but. really fantastic um uh, was she rachel Sonata. in this movie yeah she was the second rachel
0: the second rachel the older rachel yeah the her. first
1: one was yeah. emily mortimer yeah yeah,
0: I mean, you know, like the 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 storm and the kind of going out on your own terms that that also lines up with Point Break as well. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And just you know, the idea of murder and crime seems to, that we keep coming back to. Yeah, uh, do we, yeah? It'd be nice to get away from a crime movie for once. Well, we, even when we, we try, we crime even just, when we try, we we, we try. <laughs> uh, do you guys have anything else? Uh, questions? Anything else you want to talk about about this movie before we move on?
1: Um, uh, I don't think so. Not for me
2: yeah no just that I um I'm glad that I wasn't like 100% spoiled on this movie but I'm glad I kind of knew the things that were coming might be coming um and was able to sort of figure it out as it was going along and it, it let me enjoy it more as I was watching it even though um yeah like I like you guys were saying it is a little long in the tooth and when I when I um thought I also paused around the one hour mark and was like, oh my God, there's still an hour and 15 minutes left in this movie. Yeah.
0: It's, it's a better one to it's watch like, in the theater where yeah. you get a little bit more uh, engaged it. Uh, also, you know, shout out Max von Sydow. Good to see him. I think he yeah. just passed away like within like the last couple months, right? Yeah. And
2: he and Michelle Williams were both in um, the, the um, or am I thinking of somebody else? I'm thinking of somebody else. Never mind. No, I'm thinking of Christopher Palmer. I was they thinking of all the money in the world.
0: and uh, with I thought you were thinking of uh, Game of Thrones. No, 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 Game of Thrones. But
2: yeah, um, Love Max outside. Out. He was he was really good in this. Um, I wish they had given him more to do because he's just sort of there. Yeah, I, the but whole I,
0: thing. I guess it's just like he's supposed to be triggery because he's got the German background. But right, like, he's
2: like trigger happy. But,
0: um, what, and that part also
2: fed into my idea of this being an experiment on soldiers that come back from World War II, Is that the main doctor is a German doctor, and so that. That sort of is what put in my head that maybe this is um, mm. all just all just taking place with soldiers who came back from World War II.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, um, yeah I think, uh, you know, whenever I see Max von Sydow too, the thing that always just makes me mad is I think about mm-hmm. the waste of his character in the new Star Wars movies and how oh, yeah. there's no reason that. for that at all. Yeah.
2: It's he gets the very
0: first line of the Force Awakens, and it had no payoff whatsoever throughout the rest of the movies. Ridiculous. Um, but you know, also he was the he was the three eyed Raven, which had a little bit more of a payoff in Game of Thrones. A
1: little bit, a little bit, just a little bit though.
0: Um so there is one song that plays in this movie, and I actually Shazam, or I didn't shazam, I used like the Google version of Shazam for it. <laughs> because it's like I hear it in movies all the time. And it's if you're listening to this podcast, I'm gonna use it as the intro to this podcast. So you over. is it from read. the from the Dachau scene? It is from the like uh Captain's Quarters right before oh, the okay. Dachau scene. So oh, I, really? I have it on my phone, I'm gonna play it for you guys so you can hear it. Um and it's like it's in a bunch of like movie trailers and it's in like tons of movies and it's so it's called the natural order or it's called the nature of daylight by max richter and it's like this string like and it, i just feel like this is in so many movies and i always hear it and i always like really like it it's like a very emotional piece of music so do you guys recognize this at all
2: it i mean it familiar. definitely sounds
0: familiar yeah, yeah. i mean
2: it's, it's definitely used in a lot of trailers it's Apparently it's an
1: arrival from from what I'm googling. Yes, it's
0: an arrival. That here? is okay because okay, I was like, I knew it was yeah. from something that I'd seen a lot, um, and I feel like it's Got in it. like maybe the trailer for uh, the Tree of Life as well, which I've never actually seen. The trailer. okay, i heard is very good, but it's like this like yeah, it's it's a rival that that is where I know it from. Nice, this part yeah this this is like the hook phase I guess if if classical yeah. songs kind of a hook yeah um arrival <laughs> that's it because i always get really emotional when i hear this song and i never know why that's because of arrival <laughs> that would be why <laughs> uh yeah i just wanted to bring that up as well uh all right let's get to our, our uh ratings and feedback on this movie um brenda did we get any feedback on this movie we got a little bit of feedback we got a few different pieces of feedback, some uh, feedback.
2: yeah your buddy jeff wrote in and said well that was definitely a movie i would never watch without this podcast ouch yeah, this is no, no
0: he means that as a compliment
2: oh, he, he means that as a compliment never okay, mind i did
0: not read he the really movies, appreciates so. that this podcast okay, opens appreciates his, this yeah, is he appreciates it he appreciates would not
2: have experienced without podcast. he
0: he told me that he he likes this movie opens his eyes to new types of movies and new movies he never would Good. have seen well this is uh he said it was
2: well oh yeah there you go he said it was well done and well acted uh, not necessarily his type of movie and while he didn't love all of it uh Didn't love it. I still have to give it a four based on everything else. The ending did surprise him for sure. Two endings in a row that have surprised him between this Ah, week and Another connection. A A surprising ending. Surprise endings.
0: So, yeah, I don't think Jeff – I mean, Jeff isn't, you know, like – he's not like a film Twitter guy. I don't think he's watching a lot of YouTube videos. So, I think for Jeff, like, if this movie kind of came and went and he never knew it had a surprise – you know this if he wasn't looking for a surprise which i don't think we really talked too much about the surprise last week We did um you know brendan we talked about it with you a little bit more but like for somebody who doesn't know you know this if you're not looking for it you might really have like the rug pulled out from under you
2: yeah and i would be curious if he watched it again how he would feel um differently Mm -hmm. but um
0: and and when he says well acted i i I definitely agree i know i know you brought this up too um leonardo dicaprio just like he's 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 incredible. incredible incredible in everything he does
1: yeah, I mean, pretty much yeah it's and he honestly like until recently i feel like he just like, hasn't gotten credit for being such a great actor like he's always been yeah. like a movie star um yeah, and, like, you know obviously could be in like these big movies but he's really just so incredible in almost everything that he does yeah i yeah, think and- he's like
0: that actor or that that like athlete that you take for granted you know like a yeah just like a like a justin verlander or somebody who's like a, a like an ace pitcher who just like they're gonna win. South throwing heat, yeah. But like, you you don't really talk about them as like the great of all time, just because they're like consistently very good, like a like a Tim Duncan maybe or something like that.
2: Right. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, our, my friend Katie Martin? Uh, She's wrote my friend in, too. She, is she your friend? Yeah,
0: I've met her. All
2: right.
1: She's Katie not Martin. my friend, but she sounds lovely.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Katie Martin is an amazing nice lady who was supposed to be getting married in May, oh. but is having to put off her wedding. Based due to Corona.
0: She was going to get married uh, at the Lost Con. I yeah, believe. she was
2: going to get married at Lost Con 2020 in uh, Honolulu, and that got scrapped. Uh, but anyway, uh, she said, This movie is amazing. Uh, had either, have either of us read the, any of us read the book? Um, I'm sure we'll discuss the ending, which we did. Uh, how much room for interpretation do we think there is? We pretty much we discussed get on that. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about from the ending? I didn't realize this was based on a book
1: yeah I didn't know yeah that it's a, it's a Dennis uh Dennis Lehane. same guy oh, okay. who wrote uh mystic river got it on Baby mm-hmm. gone um, oh so he
2: wrote all the Boston movies
1: uh yeah pretty much okay <laughs> um so. I think he also was a writer on what was that? The, the Outsider? I think he was involved in that oh, as well. Oh,
2: okay. The, with, the, um, yeah, with, uh, the Outsider, the came one came that, that was just on HBO. Oh, no,
1: I'm getting confused. It wasn't him. Um, it was oh, the okay. other guy who used to write on The Wire. He, Dennis Lehane was one of the writers for The Wire. Okay. Uh, he was involved in that. And it was Richard Price, who's also writer, who, who was the writer of The Outsider. So I just got confused between different, the Wire writers. Hmm. So
0: he, he wrote the book or he wrote the screenplay or both? He wrote the
1: book for sure. Let's yeah. see if he wrote the screenplay. Um, screenplay by, now Le, Le, Leita Coligritus. I don't know who that is.
0: Okay. Mm. Could be a pen name. Um, it's, I mean, he's listed as one of the writers on Letterboxd for uh, this
1: movie. Interesting. So,
2: yeah. It's H- him, that's and, that's him,
0: like and him and Leita. Le, Le, I mean,
1: he, I'm sure he got a credit. Cause right. it's Based on his yeah. books. Like, he could have got like, a story by or something like that. Yeah, but, yeah exactly. According to Wikipedia, the screenplay is by this person, Leita Coligridis, a Greek writer. Um, Oh, she. She she wrote the uh, screenplays for Terminator Genesis and The Lead of Battle Angel as well. Oh, Oh, lovely. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, like, there's. It does sound like one of those made up. This list.
2: It does sound like one of those made up um, screenwriter names that people use to write a screen name, a screenplay under a pseudonym to cover for, like you know, something else for to cover for a movie that had rewrites. You know. Yeah. Um, um, but anyway, uh, so Olin also wrote in, and as you said, uh, big improvement for me this week. Love this movie a lot more. A good movie. Love the different style of performances of each of the main three actors and how they played off of each other. Uh, ben Kingsley is his favorite, was his favorite, managing a mix of a sense of professional empathy with the potential for an underlying sinister nature. I agree with that. Um, I, think, I think he definitely balanced his um, performance well. Uh, while DiCaprio obviously had the big central performance with the immense emotion attached, I think Kingsley was the key driver in keeping the com- conflicting scenarios possible midway through the film. Uh was quite entertained, but I did feel some uneasiness at times uh, with whether it was dealing with a serious issue for informative purposes, or just being pure entertainment.
0: Yeah, I don't know if the way that they handle like mental illness in this movie is yeah, like the most, uh, I mean, it's, it I, 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 yeah, a lot of movies don't handle mental illness very sensitively. But at um, the
2: same time in the 1950s, that's exactly how America handled mental illness.
0: Just shove it's them all the way on an island. Huh? Just shove everybody on an island. Basically, yeah. Yeah.
2: And do experiments on them, hoping just, just to see what would happen um that's kind of how we dealt with the mentally ill in this country we don't really want to talk about it but that's how that's exactly the way mentally ill people were treated in the 1940s 50s 60s
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know where they were shuttered off to the but this movie was not made in the 1950s hospital. no but it takes place in the
0: 1950s yeah and i i know but so.
2: <laughs> that's the point it's it's actually accurately depicting the time that it takes place in it is what you know
0: well, and it's just I, I, you know again the hard thing with this movie always is like what actually happened versus like what was
2: right for sure what was in their heads for sure so we don't really know. Um, do you think this movie should have shown more of the actual experimentation so that we could get a clearer picture of no because we don't
0: even know if there was experimentation. That's they point. said that there wasn't. Like they said that basically they were doing this to avoid having to do any kind of invasive procedure. That this whole this whole thing that they like let this patient run amok of mm. the island for multiple days on end and like interact with patients and knock out a guard and not be like constrained so that they wouldn't have to draw so like they that wouldn't guy. have to lobotomize him. Good point. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. Also, I, I do want to say with the performances, one more thing. Uh, I feel like Ruffle is a little flat in this movie. Like he's. Just, I mean, I, 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 he's but kind I of a he flat has actor. To be you know yeah i just didn't think like he sh- really showed off like much chops in this
1: well he's he's intentionally playing like a more subdued character because of the misdirection i think
0: mm-hmm. mm. but i did like that he refers to he's always calling teddy boss instead of using his name yeah. because teddy's not his name so he's like not calling him teddy because he's trying not to reinforce that he's teddy he's right. like trying to bring him back right. right right although i
1: think he does call him teddy at the very end which was weird yeah.
0: Uh, I think once he once he realizes that he's repeat back to being
1: Uh-huh. Him, okay,
0: yeah, got it. Because I felt like very intentionally he does call him Teddy there. Um sure. because it's like oh he's Teddy.
2: Uh one final feedback review uh Jim Crumley just says another good one guys. I'm giving this one a 4 though I was higher on this the first time I saw it. Um, I I could see that, and I think I'd probably, if I were to watch this again, I would probably give it a
0: lower rating than I'm
2: gonna give it as well. Um, with that, should we just go on
0: to our ratings? Um, yeah. What did you give Katie for her rating? She didn't put. Did she uh, put her Katie rating? didn't put one, but I averaged her sure at a four. So oh, I think if it's in, in her top fifteen, she should. Top be Top fifteen, five. it should be a five. Then that's still. I would average. say every movie that is in my top fifteen is a, is a five. Oh,
1: I would hope so. Unless you're like a really harsh <laughs> grader. I mean, only <laughs> we have like eight that's movies scary. that are a so five. Still gonna average.
0: Average. It's still yeah. going
2: to average us out to a listener average of four. So. All right. Okay. Because yeah. it would be a four point two five, and we're going to down. We're yeah. going to round that down to a four. Um, I think.
0: Yeah, that's fine. But, uh, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to talk about the concept of Top 15. No, no, no,
2: this is no, my
1: 8th favorite movie of all time. 3.5. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 4. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, we, we uh, went ahead and averaged the listeners out to a 4 between um, the 3.5 rating from uh, Jeff, was it Jeff or Owen? Owen and a couple other ratings we got in. Yep. Uh, we're going to average out to a 4. Um, I am also going to give this movie a 4. I think I would be lower on this movie where I'd rewatch it um but for me, the performances really worked. I was there for the mystery most of the way through um I really enjoyed the way it was shot uh the camera the camera use the music um I thought the performances were outstanding um and even though I sort of was came in expecting the twists, I didn't see all of the twists coming. oh the one thing twist. In- the the one thing we didn't hit on um when the moment I figured out, wait a second, is it possible that Leo is Lytle is when he's going through Wart C and all of a sudden out of nowhere he has a pack of matches. Oh. And I was like, Wait, and that immediately like because they were always talking about how Lytle was a firebug.
1: Oh, that's a good earlier point. in the movie. Yeah.
2: And then all of a sudden, he has matches in his hand and is ta- making his way through the darkness, lighting match after match. And I was like, "Oh, well, that's an interesting choice. If he is not, if he if he's Lytle, then that like that that felt like a clue to me that he could actually possibly be Lytle. And then, I mean, at that or point, ha- if you look into that or conversation, have set the fire, or I've set the fire, at least. If you, know, if you listen to that
0: conversation that happens yeah. between him and uh, and George that happens in the in the cell, I mean listening to that when I knew that what the ending of this movie is, he really is like basically telling you like, you yeah. Lytle, you did this. Yeah, uh, I mean, it can it be read was, both yeah. ways, but you know, if you yeah. would just figure that out, it might really pull you in.
2: For sure. Like, I didn't know what was happening in that conversation with um, uh, Jackie Earl Haley's character at all. I was like, what? I don't understand this. But... um. Yeah, that, no, I, I think I would give it a four. Um, it's, definitely, it's not in my top Scorsese movies of all time. It's not in, in your top, top 15. It's not in my top 15, um, but it's a really strong movie with a really strong performance. It's a solid four. From me.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Off, what do you think? Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I said what my experience was the first time. Um, I think I'm going to go a little bit higher on it this time just because the experience was just a little bit better where I just, like, didn't have those stakes of, like, it just being ruined by... I mean, I guess it still was ruined because I knew the twist, but it wasn't, you know, I I knew what to expect. Um, And there were, you know, a couple elements of the filmmaking, at least, uh, that I alluded to that I appreciated more uh, on a rewatch. I still don't think this is very good. Um, (laughs) So I would say I I, I originally gave it a 2.5 the first time I saw it. I'll go slightly up to a three. Um, But this is, you know, nowhere near the, you know, the best of Marty Scorsese's work. I I think I have. I think I... Previously had this when I did my Scorsese rewatch last year. I ranked this 22 out of 25, um, okay. and maybe now I'll move it up a little bit more to like 18. Uh, but it's still like in that tier of the like not terrible but not particularly good Scorsese for me. What was after
0: this movie? Do you remember?
1: in terms of like what like the worst movie on that list so
0: like the 23 24 25 you, the worst mo-
1: the worst the worst the three worst scorsese movies for me are new york new york mm-hmm. who's that knocking on my door which is his first movie um and boxcar bertha which is kind of like a bad version of bonnie and clyde um all of those i thought were, are really bad <laughs> um and then like the next tier are movies of that were like they're fine but um not you know, def- definitely not musties. And I guess, you know, this one, I think, I guess, probably I should be a little bit higher on just because there are so many people who love it. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I definitely, I'm not going to, like, not recommend it to people because right. my opinion is just my opinion and lots of people really like this movie. Um, but it sounds like m- most of us uh, here are kind of in the same boat of thinking this isn't a particularly great one.
0: Yeah. Um, so, I'm I'm kind of the opposite of Ab When I first saw this movie, I really liked it. I was surprised by the twist. And, uh, you know, I was like, oh, this is like, you know, like you know just good like 2010 psychological movie uh watching it the second time i dipped a little bit I, again i liked the beginning of it quite a bit but i just was you know i don't know i was like all right i'm i'm ready for them to reveal this twist i don't need to sit for another hour and a half mm-hmm. um and i do feel like there's a lot of things that just like don't add up and it just gets chalked up to well it's it's a delusion or it's in his head or it's not supposed to add up but like even fair. like I feel like a, a, a well-crafted version of this movie, like the stuff that doesn't add up, there's, like a, there's some sort of uh, reason behind it and logic behind it. So uh, right. I'm going to go higher than Av, but uh, I'm reducing my rating from the first time I saw it. So I'm going to say 3.5. It's probably okay. more like a 3.3, but that rounds up to 3.5. And that
2: is going to average us to a 3.625, which we will round down to a 3.5 for our total average. Um, so there we go. We are at a 3.5, which means we like this movie. The audience liked this movie, but it's not, uh, in our top 15 of ones we've watched so far. <laughs> well, it's Sorry. probably in our top 15. We've only seen 15. I know. It's the, it's the joke. It's <laughs> the <laughs> joke. We did say,
0: uh, you probably heard this when you listened to the last week's podcast. Once we get to like episode 20, we're going to take a look at what we've rated everything and, uh, count down our top 10 of our, of our first money yeah, that we did. We definitely did. should. So, um, all right. All right, what's what's uh, going to be next? All right, with that, yeah, let's figure out what we're going to watch next week. And we do this every week using connections from the movie we just talked about. So we just finished talking about Shutter Island, and uh, we are going to go through our listener and host suggestions to figure out our final three and what movie will advance to be next week's episode, episode number sixteen of the Movie Ladder Podcast. Uh, as always, once we do decide on this movie, if you have a suggestion for a movie you'd like us to cover, you think connects to the movie we decide on, you can send us that on Twitter at LadderMovie. You also can email us the movie ladder podcast. Oh, what is it? The movie ladder at gmail.com?
1: <laughs> the movie ladder. It's yes, the name of the podcast followed by gmail.com. It's very hard to remember.
0: The movie ladder at gmail.com is where you can email in those uh, you know, your comments, your feedback, your rating, and also your next movie suggestion. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago we did talk about if there's a way we could change up how we do our, our uh, movie ladder connections. So right now, you know, we all go through, we go through all the connections that people send in and uh, we each pick one that was not submitted by us to advance to the final three. And then we just kind of talk it out until we decide which one would be the best, Uh, choice for the following week's movie Uh, Jeff did write in a connection idea and I just thought I would talk through this one and see if you guys have any interest in doing this maybe one week he said for picking the movie my thought is you each pick two movies to move forward then independently you rank the six movies and the one that has the best overall ranking is the next movie. So it seems a little less Touché. arbitrary. And uh, it seems like that, to me, it seems like after you guys bring forward a movie, one of you just kind of takes over for the movie going forward. So that was his suggestion. Um, yeah, so the,
2: the only thing, my, my only concern with this idea would be, um, as is the time we would need, the dead air time, we would need to independently rank the movies. Um, we would We would just have to edit around that. Either that or um, I, just
0: like, yeah, we would just have like a long time where it's like everybody's deciding their rankings of movies. Right,
2: right. but I mean, I think in general, I like the idea of um, putting forward more than one pick um, sub weeks and yeah. started of talking it out, hashing it out. Well, I mean, out like the
0: way. last couple um, weeks we've had very, I mean, we, I feel like we always have good connections, but I think like last week especially, and I mean, I'm anticipating this week, we're going to have some really, really strong next movies. For sure. Um, So we could try bringing forward two and just try to like quickly rank this week and just see how that works. Um, Like
2: which one, yeah, which maybe, maybe of the six, put your top top three. three. Yeah. Yeah, Or something like that. Yeah. All right. Let's let's
0: try that this week. We'll see how that works. Um, Yeah. You know, we we can always play around with it just to get a little variety in there. So uh, so we will all be bringing forward two movies that are not the movies that we suggested. Um, I feel like we're just like supersizing it now but I like that
2: right, but we're we're thinking
0: about it a little differently, yeah. but
2: yeah, this is um we're supersizing it. It gives us more options to talk through than just three, because I do agree with Jeff in principle that when we only have three to choose from, it always ends up being kind of obvious which one we're gonna pick
0: yeah well, I think that's good though yeah. we've we've had a consensus, but, and we haven't really I don't think we've picked for the same reason each week either, like that's also fair yeah. um. You know, and I, it, and I think it's like, it's interesting. It just kind of keeps a, you know, it, it, it allows us to just kind of hash it out. I do think if there was ever a week where we were like totally locked, um, you know, we could always do like random number generator or like a Twitter poll or something. But right. yep. um, we haven't, we haven't faced that yet. We haven't really uh, hit like a, a congressional divide just yet, so. Right.
2: Uh, All right, let's, we'll- let's,
0: let's see what, uh, what connections we have. Um, Brendan, do you want to go through the connections? Yeah. So Jeff wrote in
2: and he wanted to talk about a movie where a character has a Abby Norman brain, much likely in order to capture character in this. And that is a Mel Borks comedy from the 1970s called Young Frankenstein. Ooh. Yeah. Have you guys heard about
1: this film? Young Frankenstein. Have Franken- you seen this? Have you heard about yes. this? Yeah. I've heard of it. I've heard. I've never seen it, but I've heard of
2: it. I have heard of this. So this is actually um, an interesting connection. Um, to go with characters with abnormal brains to be the connection, I think is an interesting way to go. Um, I do I do think eventually we'll get to young time. Let's see if we Let's, Every see, week. If Every let's week. see if it's this week. Yeah. Um but let's keep going. Uh, Owen wrote in three connections this week. Uh two of these movies I'm not familiar with and one of them I am. Uh, he first suggests a movie from two thousand called Sexy Beast, which I've never heard of.
0: Um is supposed a, to be really good. Uh, It was one of the ones I was going to actually was going to suggest, or was thinking about suggesting.
2: Okay, Uh, starring Ben Kingsley. uh, He apparently was nominated for an Oscar for his performance in this. It's a British gangster film, so it will be another um, crime movie, but uh, this time set in Britain, so I'm not sure how I was going to like that. Um, (laughs) The next movie is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which uh, involves characters... Uh, that are institutionalized, um, and there is uh, a plot point involving lobotomization. True. Spoiler alert, in both. Um, and I actually really enjoy One Flew Over the Couldoes Nest. I've seen it a few times. Um, Jack Nicholson is sort of the Leonardo DiCaprio of his generation. He just hammered out hit after hit after hit in the 70s and 80s um, as Leo is trying to do
0: it now. And then he handed the torch off to him in uh, 2008. Yeah, he did. So
2: he's really, he's really solid in it. Um, and then it's got a great supporting cast too. Uh, Danny DeVito, Christopher Lloyd, who I know is uh, one of Zach's favorites.
0: Didn't we um, talk about one Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest last week? We may have. Um, or somebody may have suggested it last week. You're right. It, I don't I remember like what it was, but we talked yeah. about Danny DeVito being in it. And I was like, Danny DeVito was in that movie? Oh, uh, yeah, told yeah. Me? But I just don't remember how it came up. Oh, did
2: your brother did your brother suggest it last week? Maybe. I think your brother may have suggested it last week. Yeah, yeah. it's a great idea though. Um, it's a great one. Uh Papillion starring uh Dustin Hoffman and Steve McQueen is a movie about people who are imprisoned on an island. Um I'm not as familiar with I I think I've seen like a trailer for it or stills from it during an Oscar montage, but um never
0: seen it. Um I'd be curious about it. Did they remake this? Or is that a different one? Wasn't there I... one about like the, the fall of like a ancient society? No idea. There's a there's a, a nineteen
1: seventy-three version and then there's a, a 2017 version. Got it. Oh, okay. okay. I don't know if they're the same movie. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um I think Papillion this t- 2017 is like a like a volcano blowing up or something. It has uh Charlie Hunnams in it. Isn't that Pompeii? Oh, that might be what I'm thinking of. I it, it's on, but I think it's... A, okay. I think it's uh, yeah, I am thinking of Pompeii. You're thinking of Pompeii.
2: Um, Jim Crumley wrote in with uh, a shot to T. Hanks in Castaway, uh, oh. a film that takes place primarily on an island, which I think is an interesting connection, way to go. Um, I don't know if we can talk about Tom Hanks. I mean, our friend Akiva says... You know, with the whole Corona thing, I don't know if we're allowed to talk. Tom about Tom Hanks
0: comments. hosted SNL last night. He's doing good. <laughs> He's fine. He's fine. I don't know. Did you see his head? Yeah, he addressed it. So everybody's like, "Oh my God, yeah, Tom I Hanks' his bald. What's <laughs> wrong with him?" And he said he had shaved his head for the
1: part, and it was growing yeah. back slowly. That uh, <laughs> that uh, middle-aged mutant ninja turtles sketch was very funny. I really
2: yeah. enjoyed
1: that. That was really yeah. funny. SNL, I, I thought in general
0: it was like it was.
2: It was it, solid. It, it was an
0: SL episode where, like, some we were like, okay, yeah. Again. Like the, the, the Zoom sketch, I thought was funny, but it was also like all the jokes. I'm it went like, out way too long. It went on way too long. Yeah. Like I yeah. got Martin it. Martin Scorsese brings you Zoom.
2: Yeah. The the, uh, the Twitch stream one was really funny though. Yeah, like, where he's trying to play Call of Duty. again. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. So. Um. So connect. Gigio connections. Um. I'm gonna go ahead and hit mine first if you guys don't mind. Yeah, sure. Um, so I wanted to lead off with my personal favorite Leonardo DiCaprio movie and it actually connects because it was also directed by Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio's character is going slowly insane throughout the movie and that's the, uh, Oscar-nominated movie The Aviator where, um, Leo plays, um, millionaire mogul Howard Hughes and I really love this movie, um. I think Leo is really great in it and it's Scorsese, so it's a good connection.
0: Um do, 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 do. I liked I liked the aviator. I feel like it is gets kind
1: of forgotten. Um, I yeah, think but, it does
2: too. And but I really love it. And I yeah. haven't
0: revisited it in a really long time. Yeah, I saw it when it was in theaters, and that was the only time.
1: Yeah, yeah, I really liked it. Um I'm not sure it's the type of movie that I'm like dying to watch again, but it's, it's yeah, I definitely enjoyed it.
2: And the next connection I made, um, This is the movie, and I'd be
1: surprised if this is on either of
2: your lists either, or what's going to be. Um, The movie that I felt most strongly connected to this throughout watching it was, as I teased earlier, Memento from Christopher Nolan. Um, That was on my list. It's it's a hundred... You can see the connective tissue where bits and pieces of what the main character in Memento is going through... Uh, translate to what Leo's character is going through in this film. Um, it's a really strong, solid connection. And then I And they're to go- both
0: named Teddy as and well. And
2: they're both named Teddy, yes. Um, the third connection I wanted to make, I wanted to go a little outside of the box, so I wanted to find a classical film that um, takes place in a mental institution. And I found the 1948 Olivia de Havilland starring film called The Snake Pit. Uh, At least she was nominated for an Oscar for this. She plays a young housewife who has a mental breakdown and her husband commits her to a mental institution. Um, It's black and white. It's a drama. I thought it might be really fun to visit a classical movie because we haven't really gone to any of the classics yet. Um, And so I I, I thought it might be good to go to a classic maybe people haven't actually watched. Uh, It is on the Criterion channel, but I think you have to be subscribed to that. You do
0: okay I, uh, I, um i i have access to the Criterion channel <laughs> those are my three uh so
2: yeah
0: all right uh i can go next right. um mostly because i want to see if one of mine is on ob's list. so i did have memento <laughs> on my list so i'll take that out luckily i had like eight movies on my list of course uh, you did. um I also had the lighthouse on my list, which I, I think maps I very well for this. Mind. Unfortunately, the lighthouse is like not streaming anywhere. Uh, um, I mean, I think you can pay twenty bucks and get it on Amazon, but yeah. I think it will. We're probably We're not going to make the audience pay twenty bucks
2: to watch the lighthouse.
0: So, uh, but the lighthouse is like talk about a movie that messes with your head and oh, takes 100%. place on an island with a lighthouse. Hundred percent. So, uh, I luckily I have more movies written down. Um, because of that line that uh, we're in fucking Kansas, I thought of the wizard of Oz and I know it's one of Oz's favorites. So I figured let's, let's do something that is like much more nice. uplifting than this uh, and go with the wizard of Oz.
2: Love the wizard of Oz. Yes. Uh,
0: then I have uh, three Scorsese movies that I have not seen. So what? I have to pick two. Uh, one of them is probably his other, like most pulpy, like genre movies, okay. at least it seems like it. And that's bringing out the dead. Mm-hmm. um i know it's about nicholas cage and he plays like a late night ambulance driver mm-hmm. um and it's supposed to be very weird i don't know much else about it um it is weird. i know i think it's, it's pretty good people
1: like it quite a bit yeah i thought it was solid yeah
0: uh and then the other is this is the one that's probably on ov's list and it is one i had not heard about until i heard ov's ranking of scorsese movies oh no and uh he said it's awesome and really good and i've had it on my list to watch for like a year since then and that's after hours oh
1: yeah, After Hours is the best Scorsese movie that nobody has ever heard of. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is. So it's um, yeah, I had, I never heard anything about it in my life until I saw it, and I really really enjoyed it. Um, I wouldn't say, necessarily say that it was awesome in order to have some uh, level expectations, but I thought right. it was really a lot of fun. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, Brennan, you didn't listen to the Thirty Two Fans podcast that Av was on when he talked about Scorsese movies last year. I may have, and it, I goldfish brain. I have no memory of it. Yeah. I no, that was like I wrote it. that movie down. Like, or I like, probably listened to it, player, but, but I still. don't have any memory of it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um,
0: I also had Silence written down, but that movie right. is very long, um, and I think it probably very is dark. like a good one to listen to during all these religious holidays, or a good one. To Silence is, is <laughs> fantastic,
1: but it's yeah. very long and it's very bleak. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. so uh, at some point I will watch Silence, but not next week. If you um, like to see
1: people suffering for their religion. Um, no, I'm good. Watch Silence.
0: <laughs> uh, also, I, I, I noticed with, uh, with Shutter Island, one thing that we didn't talk about that I just realized we were talking about Westworld earlier, and the lead couple in Shutter Island is Teddy and Dolores. Oh, yeah, you're
2: right. Yeah. So, and that is the main, yeah, that's the lead couple in Westworld. Good
0: yeah. point.
1: Very
0: good interesting. Um, So you can also watch Westworld if you want to watch something that connects
1: to this movie. All right. All right. I guess Every time
0: he said
2: Dolores, I kept thinking of the uh, Seinfeld episode yes. <laughs> where he's trying to figure out the, the, the girl he's dating his S- name. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <Alaris>. Dolores. Dolores.
0: Malva. Malva.
1: Uh, um, which it always bothered me because Dolores doesn't quite rhyme with how that word is pronounced. But no, ay, ay, ay. <laughs> Let's, you
0: know
1: it's yeah, close, but nobody well, would no, no, say that. Like, nobody, exactly. Nobody would ex- introduce their name that way, it, it, explain it that way. When it's like not really an exact rhyme.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wonder if Jeff has gotten to that episode yet. I know he's binging the Seinfeld podcast right yeah. now, so I don't know if he's. Sorry, gonna... Jeff.
2: Spoilers for Seinfeld.
0: Well, he's seen them all. He just has not
2: oh, listened okay.
1: to Robin Akiva
2: <laughs> talk about all of
1: them.
0: I'm sure
2: they covered that, actually.
0: Oh,
1: they do, yeah. 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 All right, uh, what you got? All right, so for my first, uh, I'm going to go with the movie that I alluded to earlier. Um, This one is just, like, straight up. For anyone who who listens to the Slash film cast and they always do that, like, boom goes the dynamite. This was just, like, a perfect, like, what if I told you this weekend I watched a movie with Leo DiCaprio Where memories are implanted into his brain, and he has to, you know, go against you know these dark figures in order to be reunited with his wife and children. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the exact plot of Inception, and they are very similar. Um, They also both have in common the fact that I really did not like either of them when I originally (laughs) saw them. Um, And Inception has been on my, you know, given on my shot list for a very long time. So I would definitely be eager to do that together. Um, Also, I'm. Starting um, a mini Nolan rewatch just because hopefully his movie will come out at some point this year, and I kind of wanted to rewatch it? All his movies yeah. before that. So um, I've already watched Following and Batman Begins. So do you Inception, like Following? Um, yeah, I did like it.
0: Yeah, I thought it was nice. really
1: good. Yeah. Um, okay, um, and then I'll go. Uh, I'll go Scorsese for my next two. Um, the first one I'll go for another movie, not quite as little known as After Hours, but it's also another movie that I really had barely heard anybody talk about until I saw it. Um, Although last year it got a a lot of talk because of Joker, um, Mm. and that is The King of Comedy. Yeah. Um, Another one where a person who seems to be somewhat mentally ill and we we don't really know what's real and what's fake and you kind of like explore that um, over the course of the movie Um, and just a really, really good one. Um, And then my favorite Marty Scorsese movie is about a Oscar winning actor who is a veteran of a war and suffers from PTSD and we explore the way in which mental illness and violence intersect in Taxi Driver.
0: Man. That would be a rough one to watch right now. Oh man. Not saying I wouldn't want to. Uh I have had both Taxi Driver and King of Comedy on my rewatch list. Uh yeah. Before Joker came out, I wanted to see both of those and didn't get around to it. King of Comedy, I'm a
2: huge fan of. Um I, I absolutely love that movie. It's great performances all around. Um Taxi Driver, I'm not as into revisiting, um, but it is a good connection. Um
0: yeah, let's see. I'm surprised Departed didn't come up for anybody. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, I thought Wall about that,
2: I thought about putting oh, yeah, the departed on there, but I decided that I really wanted to put the aviator on there because I mean everybody's seen the departed a few
1: times. Yeah, I, I just think. I just watched yeah. it again last year. Not everybody it's, it's may have so seen the aviator. So it's it's yeah. it's you watched it last week, did you say? Last, no, last year I watched it. Yeah. Um, oh, sure. It's definitely like ironic that The Departed is the movie that he won his Oscar right. for because yeah, I don't sure. think anybody yeah. thinks that's his best movie um, or probably even in his top few. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's morally more of just like a fun popcorn movie, but it happens to have been a very weak year. So like, if you look at the other nominees, you're like, yeah, The Departed is probably the best of those movies, but it's like not nearly one of his best What movies. year was that? 2008
0: or 2007? Uh,
1: 2006, six, seven, somewhere in that range. Oh, yeah. Not seven. Uh- also,
0: was, I I yeah. just pulled up Letterboxd and I realized I had Mystic River up because I was going to sub in Mystic River as one of mine oh,
1: <laughs> when you we were talking about when you were talking about uh, uh, the Boston movies, yeah. Two thousand six to the uh,
0: When we were talking about the the person who wrote the the author of of the show, that is Lee Hayes.
1: wrote Mystic River. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah wrote Mystic yeah. River. So too late, but uh, all good. Mystic River also would probably be like all very right. depressing to watch right now. Yeah. Uh, Wait, Children of Men came out in 2006? That should have won Best Picture. Or The Prestige over The Departed.
1: Well, I don't, I'm saying I don't think those were nominated.
0: They weren't. I don't think either of them were nominated, but yeah, they so.
1: both. Uh, <laughs>
0: Pants Labyrinth is the number one movie on Letterboxd from 2006, and I've actually never seen it. That's crazy. Oh, it's really good. The host was that year. The host was good. All mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Um, Click. I like Click. It's like a guilty pleasure. I think it's a good one. All right. Uh, okay. All right. So now, uh, so what we're going to do this week is we're going to each pick two movies that we did not uh that we did not bring forward and then we'll like we'll try ranking our top three and see if we're able to come to a consensus from just those top three yep all right
1: all right i will go with uh i'll go with memento off of brendan's list uh sticking with the nolan theme and from the listeners i will pick one flew over the cuckoo's nest which i've only seen once and would be thrilled to watch again all
0: right i'll go next um Sticking with one from us, one from them, I will pick Inception from Ob's list and Sexy Beast from OV's list because I almost nominated Sexy Beast.
2: Well, we're sort of running out of things for me to pick. That's we?
0: true. You have, <laughs> I,
1: I would say you could, I, was gonna, I, could, I, was, I think you could pick the same and then that that will just go to yeah. indicate that that's a strong. That's a
2: good point. Um, I actually was going to also say Sexy Beast because I know nothing about this movie. And it would be fun to visit something that I haven't seen. And then mm-hmm. the other one that jumped out at me immediately when you said it. Even though I think the, con- well, the connection is just too weak. What? Which one? I was thinking about um, The Wizard of Oz, but the connection feels...
1: Yeah, it's not a great connection.
2: <laughs> Although she does get hit in the head.
1: Yeah, and there is, it is like a dream versus reality. Yeah. Dream
2: versus reality. So yeah, I'm going to go with The Wizard of Oz. All right. That's um... my second pick. So now but, we're gonna stop down and just go through
0: those real quick. Um, why don't we each pick our top three? Um, we'll go three, two, one. So uh, and now, my... and now
1: here we can include the ones that we just picked.
0: Yes. So I'm... now you just pick. You pick your top three of the. So we have. Uh, we right. never actually went through all the ones that we had, but what we have that have made our our next round. We have Memento, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Inception, Sexy Beast Times Two and Wizard of Oz. So now each of us should pick our top three and put them in order, just like mentally or on a piece of paper. Uh, And then we'll reveal our three, our top three, and we'll see. It'll be like, you get one point for being third place, two points for being second place, and three points for being in first place. So uh, my number three is going to be Inception. Uh, Ah, what's your number three?
1: Uh, my number three is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's
0: Nest, all right. So one point for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, one point for Inception. What, Brendan, what's your number three? Oz. Oz, all right. So now we do our two. So uh, my two is Sexy Beast. I will go with Memento. Memento. I was
2: also going to go with Memento in the two spot.
0: All right, so that's uh, four points for Memento, yep. two points for Sexy Beast, one point for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, one fl- one point for Inception, one point for Wizard of Oz. But now this is the three-pointer, so this is your yeah. number one that is left. Uh, my number one is, and this might actually clinch it, we'll see. Uh, I think it's going to be Memento. Gonna... So that's um, seven and points.
2: I was going to say One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, so that puts that at four. That I guess
1: four. I'll go with Inception because... I recommended it to start. <laughs>
0: uh, all right. Well, yeah, I guess that was anticlimactic because uh, Memento has seven points. Uh, one Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Inception both have four points. Sexy Beast has two and Wizard of Oz has one, which means next week we're watching Memento. In which uh, order right. are we watching it? Yeah. Uh, the uh, theatrical cut. Uh, okay. not the, I mean, it's... if you want to watch the uh, in order, there is an in order I've, cut.
1: I've never watched it in order because I was I was told it's very dumb and boring. I've heard
0: it's very, very boring. I actually very, watched yeah. Memento last year, I believe. Um, Let's see, but I think you I, watched it for your lo- movie ladder last year. Uh, I, I don't know if it was for my movie ladder, but um, you know the, the nice thing about Letterbox is it tells me when I watch things, <laughs> and I watched and reviewed it on March 9th of twenty nineteen, so almost a year ago, or, a, year ago. a little over a nice. year
2: ago. Yeah, um, I um I, I may, I'd be excited to revisit Memento, especially given the um, prevalence of twist culture and how Memento sort of. Um, brought in the age of every movie has to have a major twist kind of thing going on. I feel like this was the first movie to really do that in a unique way and then uh, but so many movies afterwards just copied it. so um yeah,'m yeah, I'm, I'm excited to visit it and uh, see see how I feel about it, having not visited it in probably ten years or so.
0: so um and Brendan, this is another uh suggestion of yours that gets picked. Yeah, so uh, even though I, I thought about suggesting it. So that means uh, we do give you a leaderboard of suggestions that get picked. Uh, currently in first place, I have five points. Oh, wow. and, uh, or no, Brandon is in second place. He has four points. And Av and the listeners are tied with three and a half points.
1: So nice. that is our
0: current standings. Um, you do get a half point if you and another person suggested something. But Memento is the one that we were watching. Uh, I just looked up on Letterboxd. Uh, Memento is streaming in quite a few places, but Excellent. not everybody has access to them. It is streaming on Hoopla and Canopy, if you have either of those. Those are through the library. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also on IMDb TV and Roku, the Roku channel. Yeah, um, if you go to I think Amazon, if you go to
2: Amazon, it'll basically make you, it'll give you the option to watch it through IMDb TV with a couple of commercial breaks, but they aren't too obtrusive. Yeah. Um, And
1: if you have a library card, you there's, it's a high likelihood that you have access to either canopy or hoopla, if not both. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: I think they're even making it like during the pandemic, they're making it even easier to access both of those. Um, And I don't know what the ad situation on the Roku channel is, but it's also on there as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've never watched anything on Roku channel. So, Um, yeah, yeah, I don't think, I mean, I don't think we want to say much else about Memento in case people haven't seen it. It's uh, probably, was this Chris Van breakthrough or was, uh, was Insomnia his Breakthrough.
1: I would call I think this, this as Breakthrough. Yeah, um, I think
0: so.
2: Because I think Insomnia is not as well known as um, maybe – I've before. never
1: seen Insomnia. Yeah. It's, and, um, and everyone I, think, I know was talking about Memento when it came yeah. out. But Insomnia
0: yeah. was nominated for Best Picture, I believe. Really? Or Nominated for I something. Maybe one true. of the performances was um, – I don't know. It was nominated for something.
2: <laughs>
0: well, we can bring that up at another point. But, this, uh, but yeah, uh,
2: Memento, 2000, Christopher Nolan, Guy Pierce has a really solid cast. Uh, really looking forward to talking about it.
0: Insomnia right. came out two years later. Insomnia came out in yeah. 2002. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, all right. So, Memento, uh, the connection is that it is about uh, a character named Teddy, and mm-hmm. uh, he has trouble after some trauma remembering uh, things. Is he Teddy? I thought the other guy was Teddy. No, he's Teddy. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, he's he plays Teddy, so that is his character's name. Well, yes, uh, we'll so, talk uh, about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Uh, so this was this did I'm just looking up insomnia. No, he's not. He's not. His name's not Teddy.
2: Teddy is the guy with like the mustache. Teddy is Joe Pantoleon. Yeah. Joe Pants is Teddy.
0: Um. But good
2: try. His name is Leonard. All right. But there uh, is a character named Teddy.
0: Yes. Okay. There's a character named Teddy. Uh, there is a character named Teddy. Uh, Rob Williams was. Uh, was nominated for Best Supporting Actor in Insomnia. Ah, got it. Wait, actually, I don't even know if that's right. This is like a <laughs> Saturn Awards. All right, all right, all right. All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's wrap this up. Don't scroll IMDB and also try to podcast it. This yeah, summer. right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's been over two hours. Let's yeah, let's wrap this up. Let's,
1: uh, let's wrap. <laughs> all right. Yeah, yeah. Let's
0: wrap this up. Uh, okay. Well, thank you guys all for listening. Um, let's let everybody <laughs> know where they can find us. Ah, where can they find you?
1: Uh, no, Twitter and Letterboxd at Asanensky. All right. And you're
0: doing curb podcasts. Are you still podcast, are you doing one this week or not?
1: Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have one. We had we did the finale of season one last week. We'll do the season premiere of awesome. season two this week. Uh, there will be pod last week. We finally, finally, finally wrapped up our sports movie bracket. We were joined by <laughs> fantastic guests, Cliff Corcoran and Will Leach. It was a lot of fun. I would definitely recommend nice. checking that out. And we'll, we'll be releasing a new episode in the next week or so um, of our favorite movies of 2020 so far. Yeah.
2: Cool. All right. And uh Brendan. You can find me on uh, the Twitters at Fitzy Brennan uh, or on Letterboxd at BrennFitz11. Um, not much else going on. Just uh, doing my usual away. social media stuff over at uh, Post Show Recaps. We just kicked off the Marvel Cinematic Universe rewatch, which is why I didn't recommend uh, any Marvel movies this week, even though I was tempted to. I thought I of Iron Man
0: 3 as well. Yeah,
2: I, th- I thought of a few different yeah. things with Mark Ruffalo, but Decided not to go there. I didn't want to cross the streams too much, but that's been really fun. We just dropped the Iron Man pod. We're about to drop an incredible Hulk pod next week. Um, other than that, not much else going on. Just keeping my head above water.
0: All right. And I am at Bricks ZA. Uh, I have stuff going on, but I don't know what right <laughs> now. So, uh, right now, the only thing on my plate is to watch Memento in the next week so that we can come back and talk about it. So, next week we'll be talking about Memento. It has a character named Teddy. And it is about a person with some memory stuff going on. So, hope that you uh, enjoyed it. If you've never seen it before, hope you enjoy revisiting it if you are a Memento fan. And, uh, of course, you can catch the podcast at Ladder Movie on Letterboxing Twitter, the themovieladder at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and be sure to send in your feedback and connections for next week's movie, Memento.